This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win from Morris Home. What is going on, y'all? This is Steven from Headlock Talk. we got some exciting news for you. Our longtime sponsor, Naturally Hemp's, has now given us a Headlock Talk promo code. Woo. Go to naturallyhemp's.com. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. And, by the way, it does not expire. Yes, this is true, Steven. I use Naturally Hemp's gummies for sleep aid, for muscle pain, and for post-workout recovery. And might I also mention, the lotions are great on your skin and they smell fantastic. Oh yeah, it's all really good stuff, but we also have some more for you. NaturallyPureSanitizer.com for all your hand sanitizer needs. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Also, if you are a vapor and you are in need of e-liquid, AmericanVaporCompany.com. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Yes, they have a fine variety of uh, candy flavors, tobacco flavors, menthol flavors, and fruit flavors. So I'm a very big fan of that, too. Oh, yeah. All really good stuff. And again, code HLT10 at checkout at all of these websites gets you 10% off your order. Now on with the show. your beach towels ready boys and girls because on this week's episode of headlock talk we are previewing SummerSlam weekend mm. yes SummerSlam, nxt takeover 30 and all the hubble blue hubble blue it's a word now okay With those who work forces on the same the bird crosses. <laughs> Sorry, Rage Against the Machine. It's a great song. <laughs> Indeed. It's a great song. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I am of the highly caffeinated gentleman Tanner Pruitt. And right across from me here, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. What is up, man? I'm glad you mentioned the coffee, because uh, I felt like I needed to for the listeners. Yeah! Just like, <laughs> I've had a Coke, so I have a little bit of caffeine, I've, you know. I've but. had two, I've had one double shot, 
from Starbucks, uh-huh. and then this nitro cold brew coffee. J- uh, just think, j- just that name, nitro cold brew. Hmm. I can only imagine how much caffeine is in there. I've got the red, white, and blue <laughs> running through my veins. <laughs> Is that is that drink red, white, and blue? <laughs> no, it's a it's a that was Hulk Hogan's uh, theme song in WCW. I see, but he's got the red, white. <laughs> It'd be cool if it was red, white, and blue. That, that would be something. Mm-hmm. It'd be like it's America's drink. Like I'm on acid. <laughs> <laughs> the unicorns are everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> This is a wrestling show, ladies and gentlemen. I promise. It, it really is a wrestling show. We'll get there. It's okay. We'll talk it's about okay. it. We're having fun. In fact, we'll, we'll go ahead and start talking about it now. Okay. Because, okay. you know, I, I think it's only fair to you. You're, you're, you chose us as your listening pleasure. Of course. This morning or afternoon or whenever you're listening to this. Yeah. You know, we, so we might as well deliver on the goods. I suppose so. I, I mean, the caffeine should help with that. Yeah. I think. I, I feel like. This, I hope. I feel like this first three <laughs> minutes worth of content has been good enough. Yeah. But. Yeah. We're getting somewhere. <laughs> we we're that, building up, man. <laughs> yeah. You got to pick up some steam. Yeah. <laughs> like coffee. It, See, full circle. Mm, full circle. Steven, you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Except it's a cold brew. Uh, so it's not. There's not a lot of steam. But you see, so this is a, this is the Starbucks Nitro cold brew. It's in a can. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Um, it's so it's, there's no creamer. It's just straight up black coffee. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, dark caramel flavoring, mm-hmm. and it says it's sweet. It's, is it? it? Says the word sweet. I see. Is it sweet? Um. Yeah. So it's 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 fairly sweet. I would say. Um. It. So I, I mentioned to you earlier. It, it's very. Um. It's almost like a tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it uh, it, it does have some depth to it. Let me see this can real quick. I feel like I'm about to jump out of my skin. <laughs> I'm just curious how much caffeine this thing has. Uh, probably a lot. Probably a lot, I would think. Because this double shot here. Um, let's see. Man, they really try to hide the, the caffeine contents in this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I can't find it. No, can't find it's, it. It's not on here. It, you know, it has a good amount of sugar, though. But, but like, not like a lot. I mean, like a good amount. Like, there, it's not. There's a plenty. Lot, yeah. But there's not a lot. You know. Yeah. Not as much as I would expect in something like this. I don't mm-hmm. know. And speaking of things that's not a lot, and you would expect more, <laughs> Takeover NXT 30 is right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that sounds probably a bit harsh. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, this this is something. It, it is something. It's something. Yes. Uh, currently, there are four matches announced for the card, which takes place next weekend, August 22nd, from Full Sail University. Zero in attendance, Stephen. Mm. The, mm. the number is zero. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured that's... Uh, yeah, I would it's, expect it's, zero. It's, it's funny. I just saw the number here. Yeah, do, the, oh, does it say it on Wikipedia? On, the, on Wikipedia. Oh, that's hilarious. Number in attendance, zero. Okay, see, that's funny. That's funny. Indeed. Whoever did this article, continuity. Brilliant. I appreciate it. Yeah, thumbs up. Um, let's see here. Uh, we have a big, big ladder match here to determine the new North American champion. Uh, the match will be between Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes, uh, and uh, they will also be taking on the winners of these next two matches, either Finn Balor or Velveteen Dream. Mm. 
and Johnny Gargano or Ridge Holland, who had made his NXT proper debut uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm. Uh, Ridge Holland, for those unaware, a former rugby player, big burly dude. Looks like he'd probably cause Johnny Gargano a few problems. Apparently he's a former rugby player. Yeah, I just... I just said that. Yeah, <laughs> I was making a joke. Okay. <laughs> it didn't land. Moving on. It's okay. I was like, what is he talking about? I just said that. Um, I'm, I'm off my game today, man. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I'm I'm way on my game. I have this, this Starbucks Nitro cold brew. Yeah, you're so on it. They need they need like, to make literally. they need to make the the Starbucks Nitro Gentleman Edition. Ah, uh, yes. And it's just my my name on it. Yeah, and it's like and then it's it's like your face photoshopped onto like Brock Lesnar flexing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like half Cobra Venom. <laughs> Deer tranquilizer. <laughs> I guess that's the opposite of what it's you like, want. It's, it's yeah. It's like uh, it's like half amphetamines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Of course, liquid amphetamine. It's like a $90 can. <laughs> Look in the headlock truck! <laughs> this show what, what is, is really going off the rails. What is this episode? Um, anyway, wrestling. Yes, wrestling. NXT TakeOver 30. Yes. So here's something cool about this ladder match, Steven. Yeah. It really seems like they're trying to push up a lot of the next generation wave of guys that that have come in right Mm -hmm. and um you've got guys like uh bronson reed who's been pushed really really hard the last few weeks uh which obviously makes me think that he's gonna lose this match um (laughs) yeah um you've got guys like damian priest who's probably the i guess the um the elder statesman out of the group. He's mm-hmm. he's, he's um, in terms of age, he he's uh, he's certainly the oldest out of these gentlemen. Um, maybe Finn Balor might beat him on that one. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Cameron Grimes, obviously, he's uh, he's somewhat of a prodigy, it seems. Uh, <laughs> though he's really taken that that Southern cowboy gimmick to its uh, maximum uh, peaks. I think mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how much longer he can he can do that. Um, but then you have like Gargano and Ridge Holland. Um, I'm really not sure how Ridge Holland would fit into a ladder match like this. He seems he seems kind of like again the mold of that of like that big dude, the, the powerhouse kind of guy. Yeah, but I mean, who knows? Maybe this could be the perfect opportunity for him to kind of like shatter that expectation. You know, perhaps so. Perhaps so. I mean, you you mentioned you know like putting the the new guys over the the new blood or or uh, the new wave, uh, as you said. And I mean, for me personally, I, I know a lot of people they're they're like singles, like that's their that's their their shtick, not their shtick, but like that's what they really like. Uh, I like gimmick matches a lot, and right. uh, I, I think a ladder match specifically with how how chaotic a ladder match can get, that's a way to to really like put a focal point on a new guy and give him like a big moment that everyone's going to remember. This is very true, Steven. Now the match that worries me the most as a qualifier is Finn Balor versus Velveteen dream Mm -hmm. because I really want Finn Balor to win this thing. Mm, Yeah. This, this match screams for somebody who has some veteranship in WWE, Mm -hmm. somebody who can help carry the match and organize it properly. A ring general, if you will. Right, right. Finn Balor, this this has his name written all over this match. This is true. This is true. I, I do think though that they'll uh, if if Johnny wins, 
uh, Finn Balor won't be in the match, and then also vice versa. Yeah, uh, I think uh, to your point, I, I think they are definitely wanting a, a veteran in that ring to to really just kind of keep this thing on the rails, keep it going uh, in the direction that they want. But you don't need both of them necessarily. And if this is what they're trying to do with highlighting the new guys, you don't necessarily mm. want to have it stacked with a bunch of like mm. really, really awesome NXT guys, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously you want awesome NXT guys, but not the, the known names, you know? Yeah, no, I get that for sure. I mean, you want to make a star here. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I mean, to your point, yeah. who better to do that than Finn Balor? Uh, I mean, honestly. Yeah. Though I could see Finn Balor also winning this match. Uh, if, if he, if he does beat Velveteen Dream, for sure. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Velveteen Dream here in a in a moment. Yeah. Um, but um, one surprise that I, I really think here, and this is nothing against Cameron Grimes. I think that he's a fantastic, uh, fantastic dude. Never met him personally, but swell guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a really cool cat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, so he was in the match with Kushida and Velveteen Dream, and. I really would have expected Kushida to actually be very, very good in a match type like this. Mm-hmm. And yet they, they gave the nod to Cameron Grimes, um, which there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I just feel like with who Kushida is and how so special that he is and the things that he can do, especially that hoverboard arm lock mm-hmm. and, and what he's been doing and how creative he's been and able to like get that thing on. That is, that's somebody who you could make into a really big star. Right. Um. I. I really. I really think that it is almost a mistake not to give him this opportunity and put him and put him into this ladder match. Give him a high, really high profile match here, which he's he's yet to really have in NXT so far. Right. No. For sure. I mean, it's just that old adage that we always talk about. I mean, like, not everyone can be the top guy and have the big moment at every every point. You know. Yeah, but but I do hear I do see your point though. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely get that for sure. Um, I will say, uh, according to our friends, uh, Dits and Mags, mm-hmm. who, who are both um, gentlemen of the English persuasion. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they they sure are. They, they appreciate Cameron Grimes because that's um, and and I believe I'm I'm quoting, I believe it's Mags here, mm-hmm. uh, that. Uh, uh, Cameron Grimes basically is how the rest of <laughs> Europe sees Americans. I could see it. <laughs> yeah, Southern top hats. You know, just kind of. <laughs> Why is that? Cavemen though? type people. I, it, it's funny. <laughs> whenever, uh, yeah. whenever you ask an American to do a British accent, it's always like it, it's never Hello, just governor. Yeah, it's just like that <laughs> super like over the top like Cockney British accent yeah. doesn't make any sense. Like. Very few Britain, very few British people actually speak like that. Right. right. But then on, on the other, like flip side, if you ask a British person to impersonate an American, it's always a Southerner, and, yeah. and it's not even just a Southerner. It's like backwoods of Tennessee, like Southerner. You know what I mean? I, I could see that. Maybe, you know, you see, it all took place in 1776. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, continue. I'm oh, at, yeah. no, I mean you don't yeah. have to. <laughs> The, the Tanner Pruitt History Hour. Oh, God. <laughs> Teaser? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> moving right along from this match here. Oh, I guess, hold on, Stephen. I guess maybe maybe we should do predictions here. W- what do you think? Uh, who, who's going to go over here in this ladder match? Oh, man. I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, with with them picking Cameron Grimes over Kushida, could be Cameron Grimes. But I do like the idea of Finn Balor winning it personally, just because I'm a, I mean, I'm a huge Finn Balor fan. Mm. Uh, and when he first went to NXT, I remember I was a little apprehensive just because it was like, uh, you know, now you're bringing main roster people into NXT. Now the lines are going to be blurred. It's going to be kind of weird. But um, Finn Balor fits NXT, so um, I'd be down for Finn Balor. I think you and I see Finn Balor equally here, right? I, I think I think we both have Finn Balor. I think it's a good move. Um, I will say that uh, based on what I know here, I do like the cut of Bronson Reeb's jib. Mm. I, I do like him as a character. Good jib. Good jib. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, but but he's clearly the baby face that they're pushing here in this moment out of this current crop of. Uh, NXT uh, new generation guys, right? So he's obviously going to lose, um, which means that you got to put somebody in there who you can feud him against, uh, or you can feud him with rather. Mm-hmm. And that really leaves us with probably either Finn Balor or Damian Priest out of the options that we have here. You could, you know, do a swervity swerve and get in uh, Cameron Grimes or uh, somebody else for that matter. But uh, I-, I think probably the the, the matchups that they're looking at would be. Um, you can either do big man, big man with Damian Priest, mm-hmm. um, or you could do with Finn Balor, who's just, you know, the, the demon. He's he's so knowledgeable. He's the the prince. Right. And, and I know. mean, everything I've seen from Damian, Damian Priest, I mean, him and Bronson Reed would have a great match, uh, for sure. Just Finn Balor is like proven time and time and time and time and time again that is just like, yeah, put him out there. It's going to be a great match. Like, you don't have to worry about it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. It, it could go both ways, or, or either way. I, I'd prefer Finn Balor. Just me personally. Indeed, Steven. Um, Io Shirai will be taking on Dakota Kai uh, in a uh, singles match for the NXT Women's Championship. Io Shirai has been uh, quite the freight train. Mm, uh, mm. She just keeps mowing people down, keep on uh, rolling down that track there with the NXT Women's Championship. Do you see Dakota Kai maybe putting up any kind of insurmountable challenge to Io? Uh, I mean... Uh, that's the story. There, there will definitely be a challenge in the ring for sure. Uh, but with with Io Shirai, I mean, she's just too dominant. She, she's just way too dominant. I, I don't see a title change whatsoever. But it'll be a good match. I mean, there will definitely be some offense from both sides. But I mean, at, at the end of the day, I absolutely do not see Dakota Kai taking it off of her. So I, I mean. I don't know. It, it'll be a good match, but uh, like I feel like I know the result already. You know, right? And, and I can agree to the extent. Um, I I would say that yes, out of all of the women on the NXT roster, and maybe even perhaps all the men on the NXT roster, Io Shirai is certainly uh, head and shoulders like probably top two percent in NXT. Right. Um, right. If if not sitting right up there at that number one spot, uh, she's very 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 good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that. Uh, Everyone knows this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see them switching the title here. Really? If only to continue the Tegan Knox storyline between Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Yeah. Um, that being said, it feels like that's been going on for a while now, and there's not been any huge payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, which which may lend itself to uh, Dakota Kai winning this, perhaps. I don't yeah, know. I mean, maybe maybe this is the the. I mean, this will be the re- the result of this will be mm-hmm. you know a finally big payoff for that storyline possibly. Mm-hmm. But but I mean, to your point, uh, I mean 
that that storyline's been very stagnant for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if they would just like pick that up out of nowhere, uh, especially with Io Shirai being so dominant. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's kind of a it's kind of a wasted opportunity, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but but the, I feel like the ship ha- has almost sailed on that. Well, and the and the question that WWE is horrible at answering, and I'm not trying to shit all over WWE. I promise. That's later this episode, you guys. That's later. <laughs> At least uh, we're upfront about it. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, is when you do these things, when you do switch the title from somebody like Io Shirai to somebody like uh, Dakota Kai, who are both very, very talented. Yes. But with Io Shirai, uh, she's a supremely gifted talent. <coughs> what happens next? When she drops the title, what do you do next? Mm-hmm. And WWE has a track record of being, um, I don't know, not really good about answering that call. Right. Um, they, they usually just give you something just like, oh, well, let's uh, do this. Right. Yeah. Like like with um, with Rhea Ripley, right? After mm-hmm. her, her title run and her rivalry yeah. with Charlotte and everything like that, she's now feuding with like the Robert Stone brand of, of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And it's... Um, yeah, it's just been kind of strange. Yeah, well, and she NXT's... also just kind of disappeared for a little bit, too. So it's yeah. like you didn't even really get to see her, like, big reaction from it or, and, like, how she was feeling about it or anything like that. It, right. it was kind of just like, oh, Rhea Ripley, she's awesome, and she's gone. Right. It's like, okay. doesn't really make a lot of sense, you know? And mm-hmm. with someone like Io Shirai, you can't just put them on this big title run, have them be hot as hell, hot mm-hmm. as all hell, everyone's all over them, mm-hmm. and, and then just, like, drop the title and then she's gone for for a while mm-hmm. like th- there there's no point in that you know yes this does tend to lend more to again my my whole perspective of on like NXT pre and post USA network are like day and night right right um but you know we'll see what happens yeah um but yeah uh, as far as predictions here Steven Yoshirai I'm I, I'm going with Yoshirai I have you yeah for sure okay Okay, so EO is retaining here. Uh, we we agree. Uh, let me see here. Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee in a. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I cannot Singles contain. Grudge match. I cannot contain my excitement. Yeah, Stephen. Um, so this all took place when Adam Cole had an altercation with Pat McAfee on Pat McAfee's CBS Sports Radio program. Uh, there was uh, they shot an angle on it. They tried to make up with each other, and then uh, Pat McAfee punted Adam Cole in the head. Yes. Adam Cole's not having it. It's a very weird place for Adam Cole to be um, post-championship title run. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this kind of lends itself to what I was just talking about. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, Steven, how do you see this match going? <laughs> I mean, I really don't know, honestly. Like, it, Pat could win. <laughs> I really do think he could win. Um, but at the same time, if you have Pat win, I mean, like, that's like goodbye Adam Cole for a little bit, I think, just because it's like he's so, so dominant for so long. And then just this outsider comes. And I know Pat McAfee, like, whatever. He, he's football, football career is, uh, you know, people can talk about it all day, whatever. But, like, Pat is not a wrestler, so if you have Pat beat Adam Cole, then it's just like all the validity taken out of Adam Cole, at least for a little bit, unless you you bring him back later and build him back up uh, in some other stuff, but 
I, I don't know, man. I, I really want Adam Cole to win just because it's like, don't bury him. But at the same time, it could go to Pat. So I don't know. This is going to sound really harsh. Yeah. This is so David Arquette in WCW to me. Like this is this is like yeah. I have very like I have a very big problem in visualizing this match taking place, mm-hmm. and it just I don't know it just it's just not my it's, it's not my thing, man. No, like it's not it's not my bag. Definitely not my cup of tea either. Um, um, I don't know, but but it is what it is. It's what we got. This is true. With that being said. Um, I hope Pat McAfee is up to the challenge. I know Adam Cole will probably be uh, very generous with how he treats Pat in the ring, as uh, as he is wont to do. Um, I I don't agree uh, with that perspective, but I'm not Adam Cole, right? So, well, I it's don't know. it's it's just that thing I was talking about last week and really the week before that too. It's just like. You got your main roster in my NXT. Like right. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't need this nonsense. No, I don't need this celebrity nonsense. Like I, I watch wrestling because I enjoy wrestling. I didn't even know who Pat McAfee was before, <laughs> before this whole thing. And so, like, you're bringing in this celebrity that I, like, I don't know Pat McAfee. I'm not trying to say anything bad about no, him. No, he but like, he, he, but wore, like, he wore the shorts at last year's WrestleMania. He did. Um, yeah, he was there. And. Like, I'm not trying to say anything bad about him, but, like, I don't care about him at all. Like, <laughs> I- I'm sorry. I-, I don't care about him. And, like, you j- just putting him on this match with Adam Cole that I do care about doesn't just automatically, magically make me care about him. Right, right, right. No, I get that. Um, th- This leaves us with four matches here so far, Steven. Um, I would hope that there's another match here, maybe a tag match of some sort, or maybe they... They throw something else together here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as far as predictions go, Pat McAfee, Adam Cole, uh, you, got, you got a winner here? Adam Cole. I hope it's Adam Cole. I really hope it's Adam Cole. I hope Cole. it's Adam Cole and that we can move along to something else that's just far more entertaining than this. Yeah. I, I mean, just have Adam Cole win and then just have Pat McAfee leave. I mean, yeah. honestly. I, I, do, I don't buy into this idea that Pat McAfee is going to bring eyes to, to WWE no. because he's facing Adam Cole. No. Um, None whatsoever. Way bigger stars have done way less, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just don't have that expectation for Pat McAfee to do anything more than uh than a Snoop Dogg or a you know uh someone of that ilk right well yeah like, I, like, I mean like, it's... Like, like 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 someone from the outside of WWE coming in and like being like oh I'm going to do this thing yeah you know it's 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 for a headline like like that's it it's for a headline Pat McAfee goes to NXT and challenges Adam Cole and then people who don't care about Pat McAfee see that headline they're like oh cool and then they move on with their lives because they don't care, and him being in WWE doesn't magically make them care. I'm s- totally off topic here, yeah. but I'm suddenly regretting not naming the Tanner and Steven Variety Show into Headline Talk. Uh, I Damn. think that would- <laughs> Damn. I think that would have been good. Um you can always tune in to the Tanner and Stephen Variety Show every Wednesday here on Headlock Talk Radio, by the way. 
That's very, a great name. Very fun time. Maybe maybe soon to undergo a rebranding. <laughs> if only. <laughs> Man. We'll have to think about that. I'm already doing it. Head, headline talk. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But yeah, uh, Pat McAfee, Adam Cole. Uh, it's going to be the, the match of the century. It's yeah. going to be fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> great times had by all. Yeah. Um, Steven, if we were to add an extra fifth match onto this card before we get to our main event... Mm. Just uh, throw something at me here. Mm. You want to put like a dream match on here of some sort? Maybe put maybe just uh, slide something on in here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's see. What, what, what do you want to see? Let me see. Honestly, I, I know this is uh, and and Keith Lee already has a match on, on this card. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but I, I would love to see like a Keith Lee and uh, Dominic Dijakovic again. I know. I know. But uh, mm-hmm. Keith Lee Dominic would be go- would be good. Um, Keith Keith Lee Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> yes, Keith Lee and Dominic done. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so so let let me let me guess. Uh, let me just maybe filter our parameters here. <laughs> Two free, you know, unscheduled people on the NXT roster. Yeah, yeah. Let's put, um, put them together for a little matchy match. Um, hmm. Thinking of a, uh, thinking of something. I am. Mm. I am. I, I can tell you're very, you're very intense. Yeah. Let's bring Pete Dunn back. Well, he's he's in England. That's okay. <laughs> well, it's still NXT. <laughs> uh, well, you do it then. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, ooh, here's something. Give me Kushida versus Timothy Thatcher. Just, oh man, yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's have Timothy Thatcher do that a Thatch's Thatch can session Wait, on, on NXT. Yeah, that's his that's his class that he does. He does oh, like, he does like a lesson every week, and he's like that's Thatch's that can, and then he's oh, like okay. there's like a there's like a drummer and a saxophone. No, I'm just I'm kidding. That's not how that segment goes. I was like, wow, that's epic. <laughs> Steven's obviously watching AEW every Wednesday because yeah, yeah. you know I. I can get away with this random joke, right? Um, <laughs> no, Thatcher's that can he's he's like teaching people about wrestling and how to be Timothy Thatcher, right? I'd like to be Timothy Thatcher. Yeah, I, th- I think it would be good. I, the first thing I would do is go to the dentist, um, mm. and <laughs> get get some uh, get some more teeth. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's uh, like step one. Yeah, like, yeah. gotta gotta get more teeth. <laughs> step two. Find a good sandwich. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, step three, get get some more of this coffee. Yeah. Step four, maintain the jackedness. Main, maintain how jacked I am. Mm-hmm, step five, mm-hmm. call Walter. Mm-hmm. Step, <laughs> step six, tell him I love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Uh. So yeah, Thatcher's Thatch can you do you, you, you like Kushida? He like interrupts Th- Thatcher's session. He's like, no, you you don't do technical wrestling right. And then they have like a technical wrestling master class. Oh, I see. NXT okay. Takeover submission match. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Thatcher yeah. versus Kushida. That makes it even better. That's what I want. You know how I am about stipulations. I love them. Yes. Tasty stuff. Beautiful. Anyway, moving right along. Main event time, Stephen. Karrion Cross challenges Keith Lee for the NXT Championship. Yes, indeed. Who do you got? How did we fill 30 minutes just with nonsense already? Goodness. <laughs> We've been tangenting a lot. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot. Yeah, we're probably not going to have much time for news, though I'm sure you guys are excited about that. I know I am. <laughs> are you? <laughs> a little bit. Just a little bit. There, there's uh, there's one story that's... Eh. 
not super excited to talk about it, but it'll be all right. It'll be fine. It'll be all right. Um, well, Stephen, um, NXT TakeOver yes. 30 World Championship. Yes, indeed. Karrion yes, Cross, Keith Lee. Lots of people have talked about it. Mm-hmm. Lots of people are excited about this match. Some people are asking, is it too early for Karrion Cross? Is it right. too early for Keith Lee to drop the title to him? Mm-hmm. Lots of questions here. But it's a very highly anticipated match. What is going to happen? Well, see, I, I I personally would love for, for Keith Lee to retain here. I, I definitely understand, uh, you know, people... <laughs> Tanner's over here like tripping sh- out on this sh- caffeine. Shaking on this coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely understand the people, you know, pointing out maybe it's too early for Karrion. Maybe it's too early to drop the title on, uh, from Keith Lee. And, and I can see both of those sides for sure. I will say it's SummerSlam weekend. It's pretty big. Uh, I, I mean... If they were going to drop the title to to Keith Lee uh, or to Carrion off of Keith Lee, now would probably be the time. I would say that they would do it just because this is like the big time. They got a lot of eyes on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I-, I could see it. I-, I could see the title being dropped here. Um, but I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on that or if they're going to wait a little bit longer. I'm not sure. And, and then that just kind of brings up the point, too, where it's like, okay, if they do drop the title to Carrion, what happens to Keith? What's he doing afterwards, you know? I could definitely see the case being made for either man, whoever loses this match, where they would go to the, the, the main roster. Prefer- really? Preferably Raw. Um, though so you, I, so you, you though think- I could see Keith Lee going to SmackDown. I, w- yeah. I, I could see him going to SmackDown just as likely as I could see him going to Raw. So you think if Keith Lee retains here that, that Karrion could be going to Raw? I think he could be. I think he could be headed to the main roster. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, or this feud continues, and then it later becomes a loser leaves town match, and uh, they don't really leave town. They just they just leave the the full sale university right. set right for a few days, and then they come back to Raw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I, I could see something like that. Um, Russian roulette here, Steven. I mean, this is going to be a great match. I think it's going to be very physical confrontation, and if it's not, then I'm going to be highly disappointed. But with that being said, uh, Russian roulette here, gun to your head. Who's walking out with the title? Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. I, I think I think they're going to still have him with the title. I, I mean, just the way that, that he's been going and the matches that he's been having, I, I don't think it's time yet. Mm. Um, but I, I do like the idea of it culminating into like a loser leaves town match. So may, maybe they do continue this this feud up until I mean it's a long way away. But WrestleMania, I mean, they could. I don't know. Possible. It's it's definitely possible. Yeah, but uh, Keith Lee, I- at least for this match. Well, they they've had a long time to look at Keith Lee. I think is 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 my art, uh, not my argument, but they've uh, that it's my feeling that they've had. Since Survivor Series of last year, right. Keith Lee had an amazing performance in that Survivor Series match. He he knocked out Seth Rollins. He had an amazing two or three minutes with Roman Reigns mm-hmm. where he almost defeated the big dog. It's my yard. D- D-A-W-G, dog, mm-hmm. big dog. Mm-hmm. Dog. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> did, I, did I say it right? Yes. Dog. Dog. <laughs> um, but yeah, he... Uh, uh, he then had a, a nice reprisal at the Royal Rumble mm. um, uh, where he confronted Brock Lesnar. I think that was pretty tasty. So I think that they've had their eyes on him for quite some time. 
That was one of the one of the only Brock Lesnar moments where I was like, "Oh yeah, this is great. This is gonna be good." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a lot of things that they could really do with Keith Lee, which is surprising because whenever they bring up somebody from NXT, there's usually not a lot of things that they really think about doing with Keith Lee or anyone else for that matter. Right, right. Um, that being said, um, I'd be very sad for Keith Lee's title run to go and be this short. Um, but I do think that they would go with Karrion Cross. And uh, they're gonna they're gonna pull the trigger on Karrion Cross, and he's gonna win the title. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll redo uh, like a title match, maybe uh, Royal Rumble weekend, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, just to have Karrion Cross be really really dominant, um, and then maybe return to Chima- uh, Tommaso Ciampa at some point. Maybe have mm-hmm. him have finally have a rematch uh, of the squash match that took place, and have Ciampa come back and look. Uh, Look, 100 million times better. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he reclaims the NXT title. I don't know. Um, that would be my dream booking scenario here. Yeah. Um, but if I had to go with one or the other, my gut tells me, my heart says Keith Lee, mm-hmm. my head says Cross. Yeah, I, I can see I can see the argument for both. I, I just think if they're going to pull... Uh, if they're gonna pull the trigger on, on Keith Lee moving up to the main roster, they want to they want to make him look like a freaking monster, and, and not that he isn't already, but I I do think a longer title reign would would do him a little bit more justice if that's the the kind of thing that they're trying to do with him. You know what I mean? Yes, 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 yes. Um. So yeah, I mean that that looks like Takeover Thirty should be good. It should be good. It should be a lot of fun. I mean, minus the minus the Adam Cole match, there there's no reason <laughs> uh, any of these matches shouldn't be great. Well, let's, honestly, let, let's let's not put this all on Adam Cole. Well, aside from the Pat McAfee match, right, right, this should be good for sure. For sure, um, that's more fair. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's let's touch on some NXT news real quick here, just mm-hmm. so we can get that out of the way because I don't really want to spend too much time on this. We've got a lot that we still need to tackle here on this show. But uh, per WhatCulture.com, uh, it seems as though not everyone was super thrilled with Velveteen Dream's return. Right. Um, uh, this is also per Fightful um, uh, Wrestling uh, News and you know all that good stuff. Hello, everyone over at Fightful. Hello, Fightful. How's it going? <laughs> uh, so Fightful are uh, reporting via Fightful Select uh, that some people are uh, backstage are unhappy that the Velveteen Dream was brought back on this past Wednesday's episode of NXT. Obviously, because of a lot of the controversy that we've brought up on this show before, and because of the hashtag Speaking Out movement, mm-hmm. um, this leaves a lot of people thinking that uh, maybe that the Velveteen Dream is getting away with things. And that uh, he's getting preferential treatment uh, based on the company not really taking any kind of disciplinary action against his recent transgressions here, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, I certainly sympathize with that, per, uh, for, just on a personal level, because I, I, when they said, "Oh, it's the Velveteen Dream coming back," uh, you know, the first thing, the first words that came into my mind was your voice saying, "Thanks, I hate it," um, yeah. <laughs> simply because yeah. it was just like. It's it it doesn't feel right. No, no um, it either in a personal or professional level. <clears throat> Obviously, there's a whole lot going on with him right now, and it I don't know. I think it could have gone a long while more uh, without necessarily having to uh, to see him back on screen. I think there's still a lot of fresh wounds and still a lot of unanswered questions yeah. uh, that are going on there. Um, on a more in ring level. I think that he hasn't been the same person that he was 
uh, before COVID and before his major injury. He has not looked even remotely the same in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that's just down to his development as a wrestler or what that might be, this coffee is now giving me the the, the burpity burps. <laughs> um, it's all the nitrous. Yeah, that, that cold <laughs> breeze coming back for a vengeance. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no... Um, yeah, I, I I can agree with people feeling a bit rough about Velveteen Dream being back. Mm-hmm. No, I I uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And uh, yeah, this is the <laughs> this is the news story that uh, I wasn't too excited to talk about, just because obviously, like I've said on the on the show before, um, I, I guess I used to be a huge uh, Velveteen Dream fan, uh, but that has since gone by the wayside for sure. Um, I definitely understand the the sentiment backstage. Honestly, um, you know, from from everything we've read and everything that we've seen, it doesn't really seem like WWE is taking this uh, very seriously, and, and it almost seems like they're kind of just hoping that we forget about it um, to a certain degree, which is uh, really unfortunate. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I I wish that they would take this a little bit more seriously. And you know, um, I, I was reading the other day. Apparently, uh, you know the the um, I don't know. I guess the victim uh, mm. of, uh, of um, these transgressions with uh, Velveteen Dream. Uh, apparently, WWE has not contacted him in, in any way um, for for any kind of like corroboration of story or, or anything like that. Uh, so that really just just like gives credence to the idea that WWE really is just hoping that we forget and, and mm. hoping that that we we don't. Uh, you know, hold hold them to the fire on this necessarily, and, and they're just waiting for for it to go down. And that's uh, really gross. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really gross way to handle this. Um, obviously, Velveteen Dream in his uh, I guess in his prime, which sounds weird to say, um, but <laughs> yeah, you know, he's still in his like early twenties, right? Right. But uh, I guess his NXT prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a big star, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but at it, his most recent peak. Right, right. Yeah. But is it really worth um is it really worth all this to try to bring that back? You know, you have all these new guys that you're building up. All of I mean, a lot of them are absolutely great. Splendid, splendid talents. Mm-hmm. And uh uh and, and you want to it just doesn't make any sense to me, man. It it, it really doesn't make any sense. Um mm-hmm. like I said, I, I I used to be a big Velveteen Dream fan, but but you like you're 100% right. His in-ring work really hasn't been up to snuff with what he was capable of doing uh you know, even a year ago. Mm. I just don't get it. I don't either. I don't either, man. But let's move on to something a bit more um a bit more positive perhaps. Let's do it. Yeah. Um let me see here. Uh wrestlingnews.co um uh and writer Andrew Ravens uh was uh had written an article regarding Adam Cole and they had asked him questions about uh AEW and NXT and their comparisons uh, and uh, and the competitions that they've had on Wednesday night um per this article here NXT has won some weeks but the majority of the time AEW is victorious Cole started out by bringing up how he has, has friends in AEW and is dating Britt Baker Quote, even though we do have this competition on Wednesdays, when we're focused on our show, we're focused on our show. We're not thinking about what they're doing. At least I don't. I'm not sure what anyone else is doing. Uh, he continued by noting that he doesn't have the ability to multitask mentally like that. Cole is only worried about what he's doing and how to make his segments better. Talking to them, I can tell you that they feel the same way. They want to make the, uh, make the best show possible. 
Uh, Cole was also asked what NXT can do to improve uh, while in competition with AEW. He said, quote, going forward, I think it's to continue to highlight our strengths. I, uh, I think finding ways uh, to have really exciting matches and angles and interviews, um, finding ways to, con- uh, to constantly try new things and see what sticks and what doesn't stick in evolving the television show. They're both fairly new television shows. Uh, so, yeah, Adam Cole, consummate professional. Yeah, it seems. It's very political of him. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yeah. of course. Um, he does say that as long as they're highlighted, NXT will continue growing. I'm confident in that, and, in reference to the uh, uh, the men and women uh, who work uh, for uh, NXT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that... Uh, uh, Adam Cole obviously is taking a lot of this competition in stride. It, it does seem as though NXT is focused on the long game as opposed to the short game here. Um, I will say their short game is uh, uh, somewhat confusing. Uh, <laughs> and, and from time to time, I'm not really a big fan of the angles that they've been pushing since they've arrived on the USA Network. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, um, I, I do hope that, uh, again, with this new crop of stars coming through, and with having a good mix of veterans like Cole, like Gargano, like Ciampa, that they're able to put on something special. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, if this is if Adam Cole's comments here are, are indicative of uh, you know the the broader picture in, in terms of you know how the NXT executives are thinking as well, um, I, I think that's good. I, I mean, this is this is the mindset that you really want to have uh, personally. I, I mean, I know it's a business and, it, and it's profits first and and money first. I get that. Um, but I, I just appreciate how Adam Cole's like, no, we're just going to make our product the best that it can be. Uh, you know, we're, we're not worrying about what they're doing. We're, we're not worrying about what we're not doing and and things like that. And and just focusing on making it as good as it can be. And I think that's where the focus needs to be. Uh, you know, every single Wednesday night, you know, you can't escape it, whether you're on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, whatever it is, it's like, oh, AEW ratings this and NXT ratings this and blah 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 and it's like yes I, I understand and, and and you know there's a lot of fans that like to get into that analytical side of the of the war or or whatever the Wednesday night war um, but but at the end of the day we're all wrestling fans and we just want the best wrestling possible so it, it's good to hear that a top guy from NXT has that same mindset as well um, hopefully that is indicative of of the uh, NXT executives as well. Indeed, Stephen. Indeed. Uh, before we, we uh, move on to uh, news outside of WWE, let's discuss the WWE SummerSlam card, which will take place August 23rd. That would be next Sunday. Um, and uh, it looks to be... Um, it, it, it's got some intrigue to it. I, I will say that. Mm-hmm. It's got a really big main event here. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for the uh, WWE Championship. Uh, Ric Flair cut an amazing promo segment with Randy Orton. Um, actually, both men were quite amazing um, last week on Raw, which um, I guess ended with Randy Orton uh, quote-unquote punting uh, Ric Flair in the head, mm-hmm. uh, though we, we didn't really get to, to see that aspect of it. Um, uh, this one here has been brewing up for a while. Mm-hmm. It, it seems uh, with Drew and Randy kind of uh, um, somewhat physically, but also kind of uh, feuding from a distance with each other. Mm. Very old school way to try and build this match. It's, it feels a lot 
um, more like a big time match, one that you would see on a SummerSlam card. So this is pretty fitting here, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your expectations going into this match? Uh, I mean, I'm expecting a great match personally, uh, just because Drew McIntyre and Randy. I, I mean, I, I'm fans of both of them. Obviously, it took me a while to get, uh, you know, to come around on Drew, but ever since he he, I mean, even before, but ever since he won the title, Drew's been great. I think, um, you know, barring weird uh weird segments and things like that, but but mm-hmm. in the ring, he's been great. Uh, and then Randy Orton. I think he's always great in the ring. Um, so I'm expecting a really, really great match. I will say that. Um, as far as a winner, probably Drew still. Uh, I don't think it's time. Plus, Randy Orton, it's like it's too easy for me, I think, with Randy Orton. It's just like, mm. ah, just put the title on Randy again. You know? Mm. I don't know. It's a little too easy for me. So I'll say Drew. Okay. I, I would definitely go with Drew as well. Um, though putting the title on Randy is an intriguing option. Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends on how how you want to go from here. You know, if you plan on Drew, uh, continuing to defend title against different opponents and just bring some prestige finally back to the title, having somebody who holds it for a long period of time, then that's great. Mm-hmm. I say Drew should definitely beat Randy. Uh, but if you do plan on having maybe Drew drop the title to Randy to have him have a rematch at you know, uh, WrestleMania, for example, uh, then yeah, maybe, maybe you do drop the title to Randy here in this case. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Randy's been awfully strong recently. It's true. Um, you could all always also incorporate, um, edge back into the picture, Mm -hmm. maybe at WrestleMania. Um, uh, once his tricep is healed, uh, maybe incorporate it then to a world title match and maybe have edge win one more title. I don't know. That would be that's another intriguing option there. Mm-hmm. So you could really go either way with this one here, Stephen. Right. I say if you do want to play it the safest, then you would probably go with Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. But if you want to maybe spice things up a bit, Randy Orton, you could do a lot worse than than Randy Orton right now. That's very true, and, and I do like your idea of culminating it into Edge getting one more title run because uh, Edge is one of my favorites from from uh you know back in my original days of watching wrestling so i would definitely be all for that personally and, mm-hmm. and especially at wrestlemania too i, I mean that, that's a big match randy orton versus edge at, at wrestlemania for the title that's a huge match so i, I would love to see that but i i, I think the safe choice is drew mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. moving uh from safe choices to no good choices Braun Strowman versus The Fiend uh, for the WWE Universal Championship. Uh, Braun has continued to have a somewhat lackluster run here with the Universal title, uh, whereas we've already had our discussions about how we feel about The Fiend being somebody who holds a uh, world title. Mm-hmm. It seems a little bit off mm-hmm. uh, uh, based on the character, but uh, I guess that shouldn't put a limitation on him, perhaps. Perhaps. Um uh, Steven, this this story has kind of lost me. I know a lot of people who are big fans of The Fiend are really into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bray Wyatt will always have his supporters, and it's not like I dislike the guy. Right. Uh, I, I actually have a lot of respect for what he does. But this story here in particular has kind of lost me. Yeah, it, it's definitely strange. I, I mean, the, the thing with The Fiend is, is like... And I've never said this out loud, but but now that I'm thinking about it, his character is almost just like sullied at, at this point. He he's been in, in a lot of. Wow. I mean, he's been in like so many 
scenarios that he shouldn't be in and, and scenarios that have ended weirdly. And, and then now they have the whole thing with Braun. And, and like, I just feel like in this match, and a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but I just feel like in this match, there is no winner, really. Like, mm-hmm. okay, if Braun wins, then he's still the champion. And that's really just not great because he's not an amazing champion. But then if the Fiend wins it, then the Fiend's champion, and that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And, and so it's just like, whoever wins, like it doesn't matter to me, just, just because it's going to be weird either way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I can definitely see what you're where you're coming from there. Um, it just, I don't know. For me, I wish that, I, I don't know. I, 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 I really don't know what exactly they're doing with the universal title anymore. I, again, I think it, it goes back to them having too many belts, right? That's certainly true. Like, yeah. like, you know, we've talked so much on this show about, you know, Hey, can you, you know, do you have to, tie up the belt not um tie up the belts but do you have to have a title on each show right can't you just have one champion who can feud on both shows like you know and and just like i don't know alternate months or like hey this story is really hot right now so we need to keep going with this one here and help elevate other titles on the other shows to kind of build around that i don't know maybe that's Oh, maybe I'm just thinking too outside the box. I don't know, Steve. No, I mean, it's it's definitely not you. It's not just you. Uh, I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. I mean, for the past, like, four or five years, it, the WWE title scene has kind of felt like an Oprah Winfrey show where it's like, mm. you get a title, and you get a title, and you get a belt, and you get a belt, and, and all this stuff. And then, like, when you have 17 titles over... I know it's not 17, but when you have 17 <laughs> titles over two shows... None of them feel important because they're changing hands all the time. No one really has a dominant run. And it just, I don't know, it makes every single belt lackluster because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, you didn't get that belt, but there's still seven more belts that you can try for. And I don't know. I do agree with your point. There's just way too many belts. There's mm-hmm. just way too many belts. And then it makes all of them feel not important. Mm-hmm. Winner here, Steven? Oh, God. Um... I really don't know. I'm just, I, I really don't know. I'm just going to go with Braun simply because yeah. I just want this thing to be over with. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't. I really don't know where either man goes after this. That's, that's yeah. the unfortunate thing. For me, I, I guess if we're going by what I want, not necessarily what I think will happen, I, I, I would more likely want The Fiend to win. And I know that's that goes against what we were saying, but that opens Braun up to do different things and that opens up the fiend to do different things because this story is not working. Mm. Speaking of all the belts, yes. Uh we have Sasha Banks uh be uh, defending her title against Oscar uh, uh for the uh that'll be for the Raw Women's Championship and Oscar also won the Triple Brand Women's Battle Royal. So Oscar will be competing against both Sasha and Bailey at SummerSlam mm-hmm. uh, for the two titles, respectfully. Uh, so this brings up some interesting intrigue here. Oscar's mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the opportunity to end up as a double champ herself at the end of the night. Yes, uh, which would be pretty cool, I think, uh, and and very well deserved for Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I mean, uh, uh, again, I I would rather that they unify the titles mm-hmm. here. Um, 
But uh, Steven, between these two matches here, Sasha facing Bailey, uh, Sasha, I'm Sasha, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Sasha facing Oscar, and uh, Bailey facing Oscar. Um, who, who do you have as winners here in these two matches here? This story has been pretty much the highlight for WWE yeah. all summer long. For sure, for sure. Um, there, there's really two ways that this can go. Either Asuka does become double champion, beats both of them, gets the belt, and to your point, hopefully... Um, excuse me, I also have some burps. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and to your point, hopefully unify those titles. Uh, that would be what I would want to happen. Uh, the other option is Asuka beats one of them, whether it be Sasha uh, or Bailey, and, and then that would most likely culminate into the what this has all been really leading to. It was with the uh, Bailey and Sasha feud. You know, either Bailey drops the title and Sasha blames Bailey, or Sasha drops the title and, and Bailey blames Sasha. Um, either way, but me personally, what I really want to happen and what I could really see happen is yeah, Asuka double champ. Mm-hmm. I also do like JPQ's theory uh, in yep. which uh, uh, Bailey helps Sasha retain, but Sasha doesn't help Bailey retain. Oh. And it turns Bailey face against Sasha, who will still be Raw Women's Champion. I see. I see. I do like that theory quite mm-hmm. a bit because then that'll start Bailey and Sasha's feud. See, but that's more layers, too. It's not just... Yeah, I like it's, that. It's, it's, it's an onion. Or an ogre. Or an ogre. Exactly. <laughs> it's got layers. <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean, I'm... I don't know. The, this whole storyline with Sasha and Bailey, it really hasn't been my cup of tea personally. Uh, I know a lot of people are really high on it. Um, but what I am excited coming out of this is that Bailey-Sasha feud. I do think that that's going to be a good feud. Um, but we just got to get there. We just got to get there. And it just depends on how we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're getting there for sure. Like, that's where this is going. Some some rapid fire here, Stephen, elsewhere on the card. Because uh, we got to get through a lot of these news. And we've got your hot takes as well. We got to get through those too, folks. Because uh, we're, we're men of our word. We're going to give you guys a shout out. Yes, indeed. A bow wow. Um, dog. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see here. Elsewhere on the card, we have Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in a street fight uh, after Seth Rollins and his uh, disciples pretty much assaulted Dominic yeah. with a kendo stick. It looked very brutal. Mm. Poor kid. He probably had a hard time showering this week because of all the cuts and the scrapes. Probably. Um, yeah. But. Uh, how old is Dominic? Uh, he's not. He's not very old. Really? I mean, I would say he's probably. He's probably about your age, maybe. Fair enough. I, I don't okay. know for sure, um, but uh, it is an intriguing uh, uh, way to start your wrestling career yeah. against a multi-time champion like Seth Rollins in a street fight. <laughs> in a street fight. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, I do see this as being the, uh, I, I guess, an open-ended way of being able to return either Rey Mysterio or return a redesigned Aleister Black, depending mm. on how that looks. Um, so I'm going to go with Dominic uh, simply just to to rile up Seth Rollins a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Dominic as well. Uh, I mean, that it, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever for Seth Rollins to win, honestly. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Apollo Crews will defend the United States Championship 
Yes. Uh, against MVP. This was supposed to be on uh, the card last month at uh, the horrible show at Extreme Rules. Um, so yeah, we're just rewriting history. That's the name of that show <laughs> for sure. Um, though I will say a pretty cool thing was that uh, Apollo Cruz did retire the old U.S. title and said that uh, you know he was giving it to his son to hang up on his wall. Oh. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's um, nice. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Apollo Cruz, and hopefully we get that that big man match that we've all wanted, Apollo Cruz versus Bobby Lashley. Yep. Hopefully we get that afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. The Hurt Business has obviously got their eyes set on this United States Championship. We'll see if Apollo Cruz can uh, can survive uh, the onslaught here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm going with Apollo Cruz here personally, Steve. Yeah, I'm going with Apollo Crews as well. Uh, there will probably be some some kind of shenanigans uh, going on with this match. Um, but yeah, I definitely have Apollo Crews here as well. I, I'm just waiting, like you said, I'm just waiting for this Apollo Crews uh, Bobby Lashley match. Like, just mm-hmm. just give it to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Street Profits will defend the Raw Tag Team Championships against Andrade and Angel Garza. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a very strange angle cut where... Um, uh, Montez Ford seemingly had some kind of uh, uh, heart attack or something in the ring, and they declared it as a poisoning. And Bianca Blair uh, had uh, accused um, what is her name? Uh, uh, she she manages Andrade. What's her name, Stephen? Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega. She accused mm. Zelina Vega of poisoning. Uh, Montez Ford. I see. Um, so very strange angle. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, but uh, Stephen, with Angel Garza and Andrade seemingly, um, you know, at each other's throats from one moment to the next, um, I would see it to be interesting if they could finally uh, come together in winning the championships here. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing against the Street Profits. I think they're a great team, also, but. Um, they've held, held the title for quite some time now with not a lot of extra fanfare to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, Street Profits, they're great. They they are. Um, but it's, it's a little stagnant right now. Um, I, I do think Andrade and Angel Garza could definitely uh, put up a good fight here. And, and, I mean, honestly, they could get the championships for sure. Um, who, who knows how their run would be, though, and how long it would be, necessarily. Um, but, yeah, I could see them picking it up. Yep. What was that? <laughs> I was just making fish noises. That's oh. all. <laughs> I just realized I don't know how to make a fish noise. Is that a fish noise? No, it's just a it's like just a lip noise. No, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, I've got the uh, the coffee twitches here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Andrade and Angel Garza, and then last but not least, um, we haven't seen one of these in a while, but a hair versus hair match between Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Um, this will be something. Yeah, it'll be something. I'm not sure. Not sure how I feel about this. Um, yeah, but, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of either personally. I I like both. I like both. I'm not a big fan of the stipulation here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just uh, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I I could really go without the stipulation. Just right. just give them the grudge match, please. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, um, so that's the SummerSlam card. Looks good as far as the top of the card goes with yeah. Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Um, but uh, yeah, elsewhere, 
It's a little bit, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, it, good but weird, mm-hmm. it looks like. Um, elsewhere in WWE land, uh, beyond this here, um, John Alba of My News 13 is reporting that WWE has signed an agreement with the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida to run shows through October the 30th. Still no fans are allowed in the building, but it does mean that they are going to be able to do shows with bigger production value, it seems, than, the, than what they would at, uh, at Full Sail University in the Performance Center. Gotcha. So uh, that is some news there, it seems. Uh, so we'll have to keep a, a good eye out on that. Um, more rapid fire news. All Elite Wrestling, AEW, has cut Jimmy Havoc, B. Priestley, and Sadie Gibbs from its roster. Um, uh, and this was uh, reported first by uh, Dave Meltzer, um, uh, confirming the news uh, from the Wrestling Observer. Um let me see here. It seems as though a lot of this comes down to uh, Gibbs and Priestley being unable to travel, or as Havoc's release, because he lives in the U.S., Havoc's release tends to be more, uh, I guess, in line with, uh, I guess, the uh, the prior suspension mm-hmm. uh, based on uh, hashtag speaking out. Right. Um, let me see here. In more AEW news, uh, in kayfabe, a lawyer for MJF has um, pushed for a change.org petition to ban John Moxley from being able to use the paradigm shift for their upcoming match at um, what was that? What would that be? All out. All out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, uh, the uh, the lawyer who is known as Mark Sterling. Mm. Mm. That sounds like a fake name. <laughs> he says my client is calling for a ban of Jonathan Moxley's Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan Moxley's yeah. uh, move the paradigm shift. The sole purpose of this high risk move, double underhook DDT, is to drive an opponent's head into the mat. Professional wrestlers on the receiving end of this move are subject to unacceptable levels of risk as it relates to spinal, neck, and brain injuries. My client has stated on the record his plan to be the top guy in professional wrestling for the next 25 years. <laughs> This can only be achieved, however, if my client is all, is able to participate in wrestling matches in a professional environment with an acceptable level of risk. For the aforementioned reasons, Jonathan Moxley's use of the paradigm shift must be banned uh, effective immediately. Please sign this petition to make sure your voice is heard. Help us as we continue to demand that all elite wrestling's leadership recognize the safety of its performers is of a paramount importance. Demand change now. Because we all deserve better. Today, tomorrow, and for the next 25 years, sincerely, Mark Sterling. Uh, of course, MJF retweeted this saying, Do the right thing and sign the petition to bear line, uh, to, to ban the paradigm shift, rather. Mm. Um, so yeah, this this angle's working great, Steve. That's hilarious. I, I, I love what they're doing with yeah. this angle. Yeah, that's absolutely great. Jonathan Moxley. Jon- Jonathan Moxley. <laughs> Of course, AEW will be on Saturday next week instead mm-hmm. of Wednesday. Uh, so if you're listening to this, um, you know you'll still have NXT on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but uh, but AEW will be, instead be on Saturday. Um, it is rumored that with tapings, there is supposedly the debut of two new stars. One, another former WWE star. Um, I won't go into detail as to who it is because again, it's up to you. You can. You can spoil it for yourself, right? Right. Um, but uh, uh, again, I we've spoken about it before. I don't want to spend too much time on this here at all. Uh, but um, I feel as though 
AEW used to be a lot more strategic in who it's signing and giving it purpose and giving it reasons to why uh, they're signing these people. Um, with some of these more recent developments, it seems as though they sign them and then really don't have like a grand plan for them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Brody Lee being one. Oh yeah. Um, Matt Cardona got uh, he made his debut uh, was on Dynamite for two weeks and is randomly gone this week. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Now we're adding on possibly another person, former WWE. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not a big fan of this hot shot recruiting approach here. Um, yeah, I well, think that they need to be um, as somebody who's um, generally not this way. I feel like they they need to be a little bit more uh, more more conservative in their recruiting approach, mm-hmm. choosing their right moments. Yeah, like maybe they could have instead of maybe focusing efforts on also getting Matt Cardona, maybe they could have just given Rey Mysterio a bigger offer. Right. Right. Hmm. No, I, I, I think you, uh, think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, I, I mean, we've talked about this before. AEW, you can't be the ex WWE place like that. That can't be what what you're labeled as. And yeah. uh, I, I'm not saying they're anywhere close to that right now. Uh, I'm not trying to say that at all. Um, but it's a slippery slope. It's yeah. a real slippery slope, and, and you can fall down very easily. And, and you don't, you just don't want to put yourself in that position where it's like, oh, this guy left WWE. It's got to be going to AEW. It's just like he doesn't have to be, right? You know, it, like they don't have to sign everybody, right? Now, if the rumor is true about the women's uh, uh, star that's now debuted in AEW, then I'm very excited about it, right? Um, I actually don't know who it is. Well, I will tell you off mic. Cool. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, um, and and this is a very, I'll admit it's a somewhat petty argument, but I'll make it. Um. Your name is All Elite Wrestling. All Elite Wrestling. You know what doesn't make you elite? Is constantly signing people at WWE just let go. Right. Picking up scraps. Yeah. To a certain degree. That's not being elite. No. That's that's just that's just wheeling and dealing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right? Now, again, if you focused your efforts and was like, we're going to get Rey Mysterio. He's an elite talent. Mm-hmm. Yes. You get, you get him. Go and get Rey Mysterio. When Jeff Hardy's contract runs out, you focus your efforts, you get Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Right? Uh, when, I don't know, name somebody in New Japan. I don't want anyone to leave. Stop. <laughs> don't don't say that. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, fine. We'll, we'll leave New Japan out of this. Juice if, Robinson. Yeah, if, if Zack Sabre Jr., for whatever reason, left New Japan Pro Wrestling, was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something different. If you're AEW, you focus your efforts on signing Zack Saber Jr. Yeah, that's being elite. You sign the top, 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 top tier. Right. Signing, you know, Matt Cardona is not being elite. That's signing. No, that's signing a guy who just got released. I get it. He's a friend. That's a feel good thing. Even if it's short term, that's cool. That's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. But. That being said, that's not being elite. That's just that's just being, right? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, at the end of the day, you you know, you don't want to turn your mid card into like a revolving door. You know what I mean? Like mm. you, 
yes, you you obviously need to have your your main event guys, the the big guys that that are always on on TV and always in not necessarily always in that title scene, but but they're always doing something very important, right? Indeed. And then you have your your mid card guys that that do get swapped out every now and then uh, according to you know storylines and things that are going on. But you don't want it to just be oh here's a new guy oh and then this week here's a different guy oh and then this week here's a different guy. It's like you're if you start doing that, you don't give anyone any time to to get built up, and you don't give yourself any time to build new stars or anything like that. So mm-hmm. you you just like I said, it's a slippery slope. You just got to be careful. Indeed, Stephen. Indeed. Elsewhere in the world, because we did touch on New Japan, uh, New Japan USA Cup, uh, we have the final set. David Finley, the son of Fit Finley, will be taking on Kenta in the finals. Winner will be facing John Moxley at an undetermined time and place nice. uh, for the, um, you know, the thing. The, 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 the New Japan the, USA the US title. The USA title, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's a big match, Steven. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and Moxley back in New Japan, too. Uh, I, I mean, that's going to be exciting in of itself. I, I hope it's uh, I hope it's Kenta. I do, too. That would be such a good match. Yeah, I really hope it's Kenta. I'd be down. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about here. I don't know, man. That, that caffeine's really getting to you. It's it's starting. I'm, I don't remember the last time I saw you like this. <laughs> Tweaking big. <laughs> um, let me see here. All right, these are all shows that have passed. Oh, oh, oh what's this? What is it? Hmm. Let's take a look. <laughs> um. <laughs> So uh, we have uh, some New Japan G1 Climax 30 news. This will be something. Okay. Uh, so if you are familiar with the G1 uh, of years past, um, what they typically do is they build their story arcs for the singles matches by way of doing tag matches. Right. Which are usually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? I'm a big fan. Um, yeah, that's where I got introduced to Toriano. <laughs> ah, indeed. The true ace. The, the true ace of New <laughs> Japan. Um, yes. So for this year's G1, they are no longer doing that. The G1 really? will be focused simply on singles matches as to, I guess, um, protect the wrestlers and restrict the number of people, um, I guess, competing. Gotcha. Um, or, or or entering a building at any given time. Gotcha. So, so it's COVID related. COVID related. Gotcha. Okay. Indeed, Stephen. I mean, that's un- unfortunate for sure. But at, at the same time, at least we're still getting G one. Honestly, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we're still getting that. So so it's going to be all tournament matches then. All tournament matches. Okay. Uh, we also have a card coming up August 29th. I'm so excited. <laughs> By the way, yes. Headlock Talk After Dark 5, The Empire Strikes Back will also be recorded on August 29th. It's a great title. Yeah. It's so, a great title. So we'll be we'll be doing that with some special guests, I hear. That's my birthday weekend, yes. so I want to hang out with some friends. Yeah. Steven, you better call some friends for for us to hang out with. I got you. Appreciate it, bud. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we've actually got a, a card here uh, for the uh, D four DJ Groovy Mix presents Summer Struggle in Jingo. 
at his New Japan, August 29th. Uh, Goodness. Let's see here. <laughs> it's Ma- quite a title. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Uh, Master Wada will be taking on Kanemaru from, uh, I think that's Bullet Club. Mm. Kanemaru? He's Bullet Club. I think so. Yeah. Um, uh, we will also be having the King of Pro Wrestling Finals Fatal 4-Way, uh, where matches will be determined uh, previously in the card. Um, uh, so basically you'll have, um, four matches in the King of Pro Wrestling tournament where matches are determined by fan vote, um, on the course of this card here. And the four winners of these four matches will meet in one giant fatal four way, uh, for the King of Pro Wrestling 2020, um, title championship trophy trophy. Yeah. Bragging rights crown. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I mean, they'll probably do a trophy. I would think Mm, they like the trophies. Steven, I'm very excited about this next match, though. Oh, yeah? Mm, indeed. Spicy. It's, oh, <laughs> oh, it's spicy. Uh, never open weight championship match. Our boy, Shingo Takagi, mm. will be taking on Mr. Murder himself, Minoru Suzuki. Goodness. And this is going to be, ooh, ooh, it's spicy. Someone's going to die. <laughs> Someone <laughs> might get hurt. Holy God. Yeah, that's going to be good. Uh, Elsewhere on the card, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, Hiromu Takahashi will be facing Taiji Ishimori from Bullet Club in a rematch of uh, the Best of Super Junior Finals from a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was a genuine five-star match. That that left me blown away by what these two guys could do. So I'm very much looking forward to this match. Um, IWGP Tag Team Championship match, the Dangerous Techers, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taiji, uh, Taichi. I almost said his name wrong. It's okay. Taichi. It's okay. There it is. I mean, I wouldn't feel bad if I said his name wrong in the first place. <laughs> but for continuity purposes. Oh, you don't you don't love him yet? What what happened? You don't love him yet? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tanner's giving me that I'm going to murder you look. Oh, and that's the I'm going to murder you <laughs> sigh. They will be taking on Kota Ibushi and Hiro- uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi for the tag team titles. So this card is... That's that's stacked as hell. This card is getting bonkers. Oh, man. And we're not even at the main event yet. There's more? <laughs> An IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental double title match. Evil will be taking on... Tetsuya Naito mm. in the main event. Mm-hmm. So, Steven, very, very stacked card here. Yes. August 29th. Extremely stacked. It's extremely stacked. <laughs> Good times, great memories. Oh, yeah. So, hopefully, we will have a chance to sit down with the gang on After Dark 5 and talk all about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What what day did you say it was? August 29th. 29th. Right on. Yes. Indeed. Mark your calendars, because that, that card's kind of crazy. <laughs> that, that card is redonkulous. Yeah. Um, so yes, that's New Japan in a nutshell here, Steven. Um, you know what else is in a nutshell? Ew. (laughs) What is it? Nuts. But, but also. I should have seen that coming. (laughs) But also, these hot takes.
Yes, indeedy. Hot takes, ladies and gentlemen. This is the segment of the show where we've taken in your hottest takes, most pup unpopular, not not popular, most unpopular opinions, and most burning questions, and uh, we uh, read them here and provide our answers to you, and give you a shout out. Yes, indeed. Mm, a bow wow. Dog. Do- dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Um, Steven's quite popular today. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I get it. It's happened to me once or twice before, too, I'm sure. Um, so, uh, with that being said, and without further ado, uh, hot takes here. Um, a few of y'all have actually written in about the Keith Lee carry and cross match, mm. um, particularly um, our friends. Our friends, rather, Mike Charlebat, Mike JC eight two one on Twitter, um, SCW Wrestling Channel at SCW underscore Steve, and um, another friend of ours. Um, if I can find it, I believe it's Anthony from Wagons and Warpads at Wagons underscore Warpads on Twitter. Um, just to kind of give you a synopsis here, um, Anthony from Wagons underscore Warpads asks. Rather says, I've tried really hard. I'm still trying, but I'm not feeling carrying cross. I don't know what it is, and I rec- uh, what it is, and I recognize I'm in the minority on my viewpoint. Um, Mike says, "Let me see here. What is what? What does Mike say? Uh, it's too early for carrying cross to challenge Keith Lee. Uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I don't want Keith Lee to end up like Rhea Ripley, uh, where they hurt her basically right after winning the title. It's mm-hmm. too soon for this match because losing by." Uh, either guy hurts them. Um, and then it was SCW Wrestling Channel at SCW underscore Steve. Uh, question this week, Keith Lee versus Karen Cross is a money match. Arguably both are the future of WWE and could carry the company. Is it too soon to have them face each other? Uh, will a clean finish harm the loser? Um, so yes, lots of questions surrounding that match, Steven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so, yes, and we touched on this a little bit here. Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee, I mean, a clean finish would certainly hurt either man, don't you think? Oh, 100%. 100%. I don't think there there's an argument to be had there. I just, really, the question is, who do you hurt in, in favor of the other one, really? Um, it, it's, I don't know. Like, I'm excited for the match, but I definitely agree with all these points where it, it's kind of too soon for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's... If you if you have Keith Lee drop the title uh, and then honestly I don't I don't trust them to not do a Rhea Ripley situation and, <laughs> and just uh, and kind of have Keith Lee either just go away for a while or kind of just be put in this like weird like mid card position. Uh, but then with with Karrion Cross, if, if he were to lose, uh, I mean obviously they're they're really high on him uh, over there in WWE. But if, if he were to lose, that's a lot of his momentum taken out from him as well. So uh, I, I definitely agree with both of those points, and specifically Mike's point with uh, you know a clean finish is is detrimental to either one of them uh, depending on how it goes down. Yep. Um, I don't like shenanigans, but but if if someone's gonna gonna win here and, and you want to keep both of them. Uh, you know, feeling good and, and looking hot, then yeah, there there might need to be some kind of some kind of stuff going on to to not have uh, Keith just get the one two three on uh, carrying cross or vice versa. My line of thinking is that a disqualification finish not only hurts both guys, but it also hurts the match. 
because it's a hot, hotly anticipated match that a lot of people have been really looking forward to. Very true. If you give it a schmoz finish, then you're going to have a lot of pissed off people. See, and that just gives more credence to, to the idea that they've kind of just like painted themselves into a box a little bit. You know? I, I agree. Though, I will say that since we're in this box, um, my logic here, and there's probably going to be a good portion of people who don't agree with me, um, but my, my logic here is that you've already built Keith Lee up for about two years. You know, he's had his time in the spotlight. He's been the most dominant North American champion that, that NXT has ever had. Um, and he's certainly um, reached the mountain, reached the pinnacle here by being the first double champ with the North American title and the uh, NXT championship. He's made history in that sense. Uh, he, he, I guess, he relinquished the North American title. He's now the champ. Yes, his title reign's been very short. Um, but he he's had his time... Uh, in the sun um, and in the spotlight, Karrion Cross is has not. Um, so, with that being said, if you're planning on do on bringing up one of them and one of them has to lose this match, I mean, I would say Keith Lee would probably be the right guy to lose. But yeah, um, again, I'm a huge fan of Keith Lee, and I'd hate for him to have to drop the title that early. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it is very much a lose lose situation. Um, what about the, uh, the the argument that Anthony was making here mm-hmm. in terms of uh, him being in the minority uh, regarding um, just not getting Killer Cross, not feeling uh, Karrion Cross's character? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely I definitely see his point there. Um, I, I'm not not digging him if, if that makes sense. But mm. I, I, me personally, I'm having trouble. Um, really connecting with this this new era of NXT that's happening right now, mm. and I don't necessarily I don't want to put all of that on Karrion Cross. Um, so I wouldn't say that I'm not high on Karrion Cross. It's just that I'm having trouble connecting with the product as a whole right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's and it's not Karrion Cross's fault. It's just things are very different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so I, I I hear his point. You know. Um, I think that outside of the 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 very one sided squash match that Karrion Cross had with Tommaso Ciampa, there's not really a whole lot about Karrion Cross that really sticks or resonates mm-hmm. right now. Like right. he has a very memorable entrance; it's very good. It's it's a very extravagant entrance, um, but at the same time. There's nothing really about his matches so far besides him being just ruthless mm-hmm. um, a- a- as you can be. Um, but we've seen that before. You yeah. Know? And, and, right. and that style and, and an entrance is not what makes a great wrestler. It's just pieces of what make a great wrestler. You know what I mean? So um, I-, I definitely see your point of not being able to connect with him. Um, hmm. I mean, I don't know if... I don't know. Is he in the minority? Is are, are people like really, really high on Carrion right now? I think there's a lot of people who are. They mm-hmm. they they obviously know and recognize him as a very special talent because they know who he is. Right. And I know who he is. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know who Killer Cross is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a matter of how is he connecting now in this new environment. Right. Right. And sure. and I'm sure Anthony knows who Killer Cross was before WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean. I really don't know if that's really a minority argument or not, but I'd be interested to find out. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, lots of intrigue around this match, Stephen. That's for sure. Definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about it, and and that's, I mean, that's 
That's good for WWE, you know, mm. wh- whether everyone's super freaking excited about it or everyone hates it or, or, or if a bunch of people are in between, we're talking about it. So, yes, indeedy. Uh, Justin, I love headlock talk on Twitter at Poxic Justin. My heart. Love the new name, Justin. Oh, Justin. Justin. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we sincerely appreciate you thinking of us and, and, and considering this with your, with your recent name change. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Uh, let's see here. So Justin at Poxic Justin on Twitter, our good friend Justin is asking uh, one wrestling question and one non wrestling question. The wrestling question is, what do you think of Logan Paul challenging anyone to a wrestling match for ten thousand dollars? Oh God, no! <laughs> I, I think Logan Paul should be more worried about the FBI than he should be worried about uh, a, a pro wrestling match. Um, oh man, they went to his house for some reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Please no. Please no, is how I feel about that. Yeah, uh, I, I mean that's that's even worse than the the Pat McAfee stuff going on right now. Yeah. I, I mean like you, all right, you want to bring a celebrity in? I'm not gonna like it, but I can't stop you. Go ahead and do it. But Logan Paul is like, like sort of a celebrity, <laughs> to, like sort of. To reiterate a famous uh, Stevenism, thanks. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Non-wrestling question from Justin. Uh, Justin is asking, what is your favorite hobby? Um, this. This right here is probably my favorite hobby. Yeah, this uh, right here. This this Saturday ritual or the mm-hmm. weekend ritual of uh, picking up Steven, talking some wrestling, doing some podcasting, talking yeah. about news, uh, talking about uh, Cyborg Peni. Talking yes, about, of course. <laughs> talking of course. about uh, uh, all sorts of ridiculousness. Yeah. Um, so. No, this this for <laughs> sure. Just because this is uh, this is the most like unique thing that I do. Yeah. You know, uh, there's there's uh, millions of people that play video games, millions of people that play bass. You know, all this stuff. But there's not millions of people that do a podcast and do a podcast this this well. This so, could, yeah. yeah, not to not to pat our own yeah, backs here, or nothing, toot, toot. But, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> top of the class, eh? <laughs> uh. um, let's see here. So, thank you, Justin, uh, absolutely for your questions and for the name change. Loving the name, dude. Yes, yes, thank you. Ho- hope you have a great weekend, sir. Um, let me see here. Podfather Mags at Dej Kirkby on Twitter. Also, good name also change. Also a great name change, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, Mags is asking, uh, actually, he's, he's got a few things here. Uh, hot take, calzone over standard pizza. Calzones, Stephen. How do you feel about uh, calzones over pizza? Uh, calzones are good. Don't mm. get me wrong. Got mm. nothing against calzones. Mm. Calzones are very, very good. Mm. Um, pizza is better mm. for me. Mm. Calzones mm. have uh, too much dough, too much crust. The 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 ratio from uh, crust to cheese and meat and all that's all off. It's too much. Mm. I will say this though: very convenient to eat. Yeah, I. I uh, it's like a gourmet hot pocket. Kind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I could I could see where you're coming from there. I think that there are good pizzas, um, like 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 specialty type pizzas that right. that would be over calzone, because um, I mean I'll be honest, like Domino's. And Pizza Hut and like your American fair pizza where the dough is like like an inch thick. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. a fan, right? Take it back. You a thin uh, a thin crust guy? 
I I I only go in extremes here, Stephen. I'm, oh. I'm I'm I either like a good thin crust, so like no a, crust, like is a, what you're <laughs> no crust pizza. <laughs> um, well, that is extreme. <laughs> um, so thin crust pizza, like New York style pizza, yeah, uh, or like Chicago style pizza, where it's basically that's more of like a casserole than it right, is right. A, a pizza, but right. it's still it's still very very tasty. I hear you. Um, I hear you. So so I would say that's where I I stand on pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, you stand on pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Get, get my got to keep your feet warm. Yeah, it's a, it's very messy. Yeah, you know, I would imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> Can be really hot on the feet too. Mm. Um, let's see here. Opinion: Shingo versus Suzuki for the never title is everything. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be real good. It, yeah. it, it could be a potential match of the year uh, contender or mm-hmm. or potentially winner because this that oh mm. yeah. Uh, that rustles my jimmy's real good yeah. <laughs> see the, uh, this this match is exciting just because it's going to be great for sure mm. like like the at, at the bare minimum it's going to be great let's see if it's going to be spectacular cuz it absolutely can be you know that show as a whole is stacked as yeah. hell 100% so yeah this could be a potential show of the year contender a potential match of the year contender here with shingo is and, and then you also have Hiromu versus Taiji. Ah, mm. uh, yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah, it's this gonna is, be good. This is this is very spectacular. Um, so let me see here. So New Japan, I guess, treated me really good for my birthday. Yeah, exactly. Question uh, from Podfather Mags. Uh, let's see here. With the way Shingo has elevated the status of the Never Title, and considering that um, that Moxley, I think, uh, hasn't defended the U.S. title in forever, is the Never Open Weight Title more prestigious? Uh, absolutely. I think at this moment, yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if you consider the lineage of the U.S. title, you've had uh, what you've had Kenny, who was the inaugural champion, mm. and then uh, Jay White, mm-hmm. and then you had who else held the title? Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson. Did, Juice yeah. Robinson. Uh, See, Cody. What, Co- Cody. Cody and Juice Robinson feuded for the title. Right. What What's uh, funny is with the with the U.S. title. I know this is weird, but I always uh, attribute Juice Robinson with the U.S. title because that's that's who was uh, having the long reign when I first got introduced to New Japan. So mm-hmm. so I always attribute Juice Robinson with that title. I think for um, I think for a very short period of time. Because uh, the never open weight title has been around for quite a while now, mm-hmm. but for a very short period of time, the U.S. title usurped it, especially when it had um, when New Japan was regularly on Access TV because it had there was a lot more fanfare to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, um, after that, you know, with with COVID and with Moxley not being around, him being in AEW, uh, that's a whole thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could see the never open weight title being the more prestigious of the two, though I know that, uh, Mags owns a replica New Japan, uh, uh, I guess U.S. title. Nice. And that belt is quite beautiful. It is a very beautiful belt. So I do yeah. like, I do like that belt more. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the never open weight title is just so intriguing. For sure. Yeah. Let's see here. So thank you, Mags, for your hot take, uh, unpopular opinion, and burning question. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Mags. Yeah, he kind of did the did the whole gambit there. Thanks, he, dude. He went all the way around. Yeah. yeah. Mags is a great guy, so definitely make sure to check out Badlands as well as uh, Five Rounds and uh, everything else that Mags does. Mm-hmm. It's great stuff. Podfather. Podfather. Yeah. Indeed. 
Uh, Matt G, a.k.a. Mathis Black of Rice Pro at Illustrious MG40, our friend Matt. He's got a couple questions for us here. Uh, favorite guacamole, Steven? You got a favorite guac? Is there different types? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's Spicy. like... Where, where do you like your favorite... Like, wh- what place has your favorite guac? Oh, I see. Um, So, <laughs> restaurant-wise, uh, Torchies, for sure. Uh, their mm. guac is fantastic. Interesting. Uh, they also put guac in the queso, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm just like going to the store to like have some guacamole at, at the house, um, H-E-B, uh, spicy guacamole is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on the H-E-B. I like the regular, personally, mm-hmm. myself. I like the regular guac. Um, See, that, that H-E-B I just has. add spicy to everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> personally. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't blame you. Uh, also, surprisingly good as far as uh, um, guac goes. Um, let me see here. Chipotle is surprisingly underrated as far as guac. I'm glad you mentioned Chipotle because absolutely. Mm-hmm. Their queso, eh, but their guac is bomb. They nailed it. Yeah. Um, and then Chewy's. I, I would say Chewy's has exceptionally good guac. And there's probably a, like a hundred other places like uh, like Hole in the Wall or like small like local mom and pop diners and stuff mm-hmm. like that that have really good guac here too. Like, um, uh, what was that? The Tio Dan's. Tio Dan's, yeah. Uh, Amaya's Taco Village uh, has really, really good guac. They have really good everything though. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt also asks, what would the format be in changing the way AEW uses their women's division? Uh, let me see here. Uh, more matches, less time, ver- uh, or vice versa, or something else. Um, well, let's start with putting the tournament on Dynamite. Let's start with that. I mean, that that's <laughs> that's the, the most that, that glaring was, problem that, for me. Yeah, that, that was a pretty big mistake, I think. A, a, yeah. a fairly sized misstep. I, I think what you need is... I mean, you, you really just need to spotlight it more, right? Mm. Um, more matches. I I mean, yeah. Yes, I mean, yes that could, that no. could work. Um, I, I think that you you're what you're simply just doing is you're just not investing enough, right? There's not enough story intrigue in the women's division, and I think in because they're not concentrating on that, and because they're concentrating more on other stuff that they're doing, uh, that that's kind of where that lapse is there. Mm. Um, with that being said, it, I think that if they did put on, uh, if they did just invest in it more and gave you a reason why, you know, uh, why you should watch Hikaru Shida feud with um, this incoming, you know, uh, wrestler who may or may not be making their debut mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday, um, or if there is, um, you know, somebody else like Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford actually gained a lot of traction mm-hmm. uh, in her matches with uh, Hikaru Shida. Like, if you just put a little bit more investment into, like, hey, this is a really good rivalry. These two put on fantastic matches. You should really watch this. Mm-hmm. Then I think that could have really made a big difference. And they just dropped the ball on that. Yeah, I think that's that's really what the, the crux is with the AEW women's division. is that yeah. It's not that they're not doing good things. It's that they drop that good thing very quickly. Yeah. Like like with the with the Sheeta and, and Penelope Ford stuff, you're hundred percent right. They it was good. Yeah. And, and Penelope was getting a lot of traction. Sheeta looked like a great champion. And then it kind of just went by the wayside and, and they yeah. didn't really follow through with it. So I, I really think for, for the women's division, just like continuity, maybe. Well they they give you they give you a handful of reasons every week to tune in to see Cody or tune in to see Moxley or tune in to see what Kenny and Hangman are doing 
or what's going on with FTR, blah, blah, blah. They give you a handful of reasons to tune into each of those individual people, mm-hmm. but they hardly can give you, they, they seemingly can hardly give you one reason to tune into the women's division. Right, right. And that, to me, is a failure on their part. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a problem, for sure. Mm-hmm. That, that's definitely a problem. Uh, I mean, we, we've talked extensively about, about the AEW women's division, uh, but you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I really do think like continuity, like ju- just continue the things that you're doing well. That, that's it. Just continue the things that you're doing well, uh, and, and right. I, I just stop flip flopping all the time. You know, Th- does it have to be more matches? Does it have to be longer time? Does it have to be more promos? I don't think it has to necessarily be anything. As the macho, like anything, like. Um, radically, like more, more quantity does not absolutely mean more quality. Right. Um, you know, as the Macho Man once said, the cream always rises to the top. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, if you at least put more, I guess, emphasis and, uh, and, and granted more importance on what the women's division means and why you should tune into this here. Uh, th- then I think you're already <laughs> you're already halfway there, right? Right. Um, and and then the rest is putting on good matches, cutting good promos. A good quality promo goes a long way. A good quality sure. match goes a long way. You don't need more. You just need more of what works. Yep. Right. Exactly. So I hope that answers your question, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you for your question. Yes, thank you. Uh, let me see here. Another friend of ours, United by Wrestling Podcast at UTD by Wrestling. How's it going? Hello. <laughs> uh, with SummerSlam around the corner, what is your favorite SummerSlam of all time? Steven, your favorite SummerSlam. Okay. I'd have to. I'd have to look back. <laughs> There's been a few. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> Let Only one every year for my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, so, look, I can't say that this is like my all-time favorite SummerSlam. It, it's probably up there, uh, but but just because I'm I'm kind of doing this on the fly, um, I'm I'm trying to think of what my favorite SummerSlam really was. Um, let me see here. Let's see. Is it this one? I think it's this one. Um, the one that comes to my mind first, and this is probably one of the very first Summer Slams that I can remember watching. Uh, this would have been uh, the 2001 Summer Slam. This is right at the height of the uh, the very um, critiqued invasion angle. Um, this one had matches like Edge versus Lance Storm for the Intercontinental Title, uh, six man tag match with the Dudleys and Test taking on the APA and Spike Dudley. Uh, X-Pac versus uh, uh, Tajiri for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship and Lightweight Championships. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Rhino. RVD versus Jeff Hardy in a ladder match, uh, which is uh, crazy. Uh, Kane and Undertaker versus DDP and Canyon in a steel cage match for the WWF Tag Team titles. Kurt Angle versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, and for the WWE Championship, and The Rock versus Booker T for the WCW Championship, mm. all of which good stuff. Mm. Um, so that's the one that sticks in my mind. Again, I can't really like. Is it f- my favorite? I, I I don't know. I'd have to go back and do more thinking about it. But when I think of SummerSlam, that's the first one that comes to my mind. Yeah. Uh, for for me, uh, what? Get closer to the mic. Oh, <laughs> am I close enough? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you were like. Hey, my favorite one. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, really the so I, I looked through some some uh, SummerSlam moments here, and uh, definitely one that pokes out for me is um, Alberto Del Rio, CM Punk, and John Cena at SummerSlam with uh, mm. with uh, Triple H's guest referee. Uh, I realized that this was tucked away in in the dark corners of my mind, uh, but it it popped up. It popped up, mm. and uh, I was taken back to to being a small child again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm. Mm. interesting stuff, man. <laughs> Lots of questions also about Oscar and Sasha and their situation. Uh, Oscar, Sasha, and Bailey, I guess, and yeah. their their whole situation here. Lots of questions about that. Uh, so I'll kind of read off a few of them here. L L L L L at L the uh, the R S B. I think that's what the name. It's a lot of L's. L, so it's at E L L, uh, so L, <laughs> the RSB. Okay. Uh, on Twitter, unpopular opinion: Sasha and Bailey has lost momentum, uh, is now dragging the, and interest is waning. And there uh, was such an easy story beat in SmackDown uh, without Sasha going to Raw. Uh, she was number one contender on SmackDown because of all the matches Bailey put her in. Leave Oscar alone. Um, let me see here. There was another one. Noob and Co. at Noob underscore N underscore Co. Sasha Banks and Bailey are the best thing uh, in, uh, in the summer this year. Uh, burning question, do you think Asuka is teasing a change in persona? Will we see it on Monday and on SummerSlam? Mm. And I like that one. Um, let me see here. And uh, let me see here. Sinchi, the Chaos Dragon, uh, on Twitter at, uh, uh, let me see here, Edogawa316. Mm. That Asuka will beat both Bailey and Sasha Banks and become Yakuza Asuka. Oh, snap. Okay. Mm-hmm. So lots of hot takes here, Steven, mm-hmm. regarding Asuka, Sasha, and Bailey. Um, first off, let's address. Uh, L's question mm-hmm. uh, regarding the waning interest in Asuka and her program with Sasha and Bailey. Do you do you see eye to eye with L on this one? Uh, to a certain degree, um, I, I definitely agree on the Sasha and Bailey uh, thing, kind of like dragging on a little bit. Uh, I've been saying that for a little bit, so I definitely agree with that aspect. I do think bringing Asuka into it, uh, you know, kind of breathes a little life in, into what's going on with with Sasha and Bailey. So. Uh, I, I I like the addition of Asuka, but at the same time, Sasha and Bailey, that storyline is just like I need a one eighty. Like I need a complete one eighty on that storyline to bring it back for me. Mm. So like Asuka being in there is good. It makes it better for sure, but let's just get through this so that we can find out what happens next. Interesting, Steven. Very interesting. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I mean, I can say that um, I'm still very much intrigued by what they have going on here uh, with uh, with Oscar Bailey and Sasha. Um, is the story waning? Maybe, right? But it seems as though they're they're really the, like as far as stories in WWE go, they're really the most invested into this one. It's true. Um, so so I mean, I can't say that my interest is waning. They pissed me off really bad. With how they did the finish for Oscar versus Sasha mm-hmm. um, at uh, the horrible show yes. at uh, Extreme Rules, um, but uh, <laughs> I mean that's uh, sticking with that name. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Kind of continuity. Continuity. Stephen. <laughs> um, 
um, but yeah. Um, uh, in contrast here, Stephen, uh, Nubinko had asked uh, if if the um, or rather said the hot their hot take was that Sasha and Bailey are the best thing uh, in the summer this year. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think that's wrong. Um, I, I think that that's uh, are we talking like definitely the most the most um, invested WWE's been in anything this summer? It seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking just WWE, yeah, probably. Mm. You raise a good point here, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Outside of WWE, I mean, how how much hotter could it be than Evil beating Naito for that IWGP title? I mean, yeah, in New Japan, you got Evil and Naito, and then in AEW, you have the whole FTR hangman thing going on. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, M- MJF and Moxley. MJF Moxley, yeah. Orange Cassidy. Yeah, oh, yeah, and Jericho. Cody's Open Challenge. I, I mean, there's there, there's so many things going on outside of WWE. But if we're talking just WWE, yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Um, let me see here. Da 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 da, da 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 da. So, um, <laughs> burning question: Do you think Oscar is teasing a change in persona that we will see on Monday or at SummerSlam? Yes, Oscar in her previous time in Japan had a uh, dual personality called Kana, uh, who was kind of like um, like a like an extreme version of her, like a like a like a next level evolution version of, of Asuka. Like a Super Saiyan. Like a Super Saiyan version yeah. of Asuka. Right on. Um, I think that would be cool. I'd be down for that. Do you smell chocolate? I kind of smell chocolate. No. Sorry to get off topic here. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, it's the coffee. Maybe that's what you're smelling. Is there chocolate in those coffees? It's got dark caramel. Is the dark from chocolate? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but to don't. answer your question, your your most burning question, uh, no, I don't smell chocolate. Ah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yes, Kana would be an interesting uh, twist here. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Kana personally. Mm. I'm only familiar with Oscar, like like WWE Oscar. That's who I'm familiar with. I um, will show you some footage. Yes, I'm down. Footage, footage, footage. Um. <laughs> And then, uh, let me see here, uh, Shinichi, uh, the Chaos Dragon, uh, Asuka will beat both Sasha and Bailey and become Yakuza Asuka. Uh, yeah, I mean, double champ Asuka. Yeah. I, I think that's... I hope so. That. Yeah. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. At all. Mm. Um, let's take a look here. Okay. More hot takes, it seems. That's, that's the name of the game. It is. Uh, the name of the segment, at least. The name, the name <laughs> of the segment. Let's see here. At T3 Podcast. Uh, at uh, So, yeah, at T3 Network, uh, the T3 Podcast Network on Twitter. Uh, our good friends, T3 Network. Yes, hello. Uh, hello, T3. Um, let me see here. They've got a couple of them here for us. Uh, Velveeta shells and cheese trumps Kraft mac and cheese powder crap every day of the week. True. Ah. Indeed. It's true. That being said, mm. homemade mac with real cheese I mean, trumps all three. Of course. Of course. Yeah, you can see, the trick is you got to spend the time and the effort. Nah. You do it right. Nah, shells and cheese, bro. Also, the... the Get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> the Velveeta shells and cheese with broccoli in it? I'm all about it. 
I'm all about it. Like, is it like real broccoli or is it like fake broccoli? I'm pretty sure it's real broccoli. But it's like, uh, you know, dehydrated and shit like that. But it's good. It's real good. You know, I could just take like other macaroni and get real cheese mm-hmm. and real broccoli. No one's saying you can't, Tanner. Just make it and be, yeah. it'd be better. It would be. 100%. I agree with you. Like things in a box. Or I could just scare, take, scare me. Or I could just take 10 minutes and make it instead of an hour of preparing mac and cheese. Since that movie Seven, things in boxes scare me. Seven. Seven. Brad Pitt. No, He's, I'm not yeah. familiar. What's in the box? Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. <laughs> so things in boxes scare you. Yeah. You'll just have to see the movie. Okay. It'll make sense. I'm sorry. You're going to watch that movie and you're like, oh. Oh, that's what he was talking about. Oh, okay. There's mac and cheese in the box. (laughs) Of course. How did I not connect it earlier? Indeed, Steven. (laughs) Uh, Hot take number two. A hot dog is a sandwich. No, it's not. Is it not a sandwich? It's not a sandwich. It's a hot dog. Hmm. It's its its own thing. Just just, Just like... No, I was going to say a sub isn't a sandwich, but a sub is a sandwich. A hot dog is not a sandwich, though. Just like a hamburger is not a sandwich. It's a hamburger. It's its own thing. It's its, it's, its own thing. Hmm. 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 Let's not focus on the hamburger thing. Hot dogs yeah. are not a sandwich. So, I'll grant you this. Yes. Because you're wrong about the hamburger thing. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that's fair. <laughs> The actual hot dog, a wolf, wolf, a dog, dog. The actual hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. And now people are gonna think I'm from Boston. They're not gonna think I'm the Texas gentleman yeah, anymore. The Boston gentleman. The Boston gentleman doesn't have the same ring to it. Gotta get the car. <laughs> uh, Jesus. <laughs> a hot dog itself, the mm-hmm. actual piece of meat, yes. is indeed not a sandwich. It is in fact a sausage. Of some form. Yes. It only becomes a sandwich once you put it in the bun. No. No, you lost me. <laughs> you lost me. No. It's it's a hot dog is its own thing. Like no one eats chili cheese sandwiches. How sure are you of that? I mean, I'm sure some maniac somewhere eats chili cheese sandwiches. So what's a, so what's a sloppy joe, Steven? That's not chili. That's like its own thing. It's like Sloppy Joe. That's that's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm being too specific or or connecting dots that shouldn't be connected. But like slop, like uh, I guess a sloppy Joe is chili. Uh, I don't know. My whole world's crumbling now. <laughs> Before we get stuck on this argument, let's move on to the next question. Okay. Thank you, T Three Network, for your question. Uh, you, you've truly stumped Stephen and I and have us at odds. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to debate this later <laughs> on. Perhaps so. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Damo Craig at DBW Podcast. Our friend Damien. How are you doing, sir? Hope you're doing well. Hello, sir. Uh, Damien is asking, or rather says, uh, aces and eights are better than retribution. Yes, aces and eights from the old TNA days, the mm. Bully Ray-led faction uh aces and ace they're kind of like uh 
kind of like bikers, like kind of like Sons of Anarchy, but like you know, middle aged and kind of fat. Nice. Uh, they're they're better than uh, WWE's own version of Antifa. Right, right. The Retribution. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, as far as just camera work is concerned, uh, yeah, aces and eights. <laughs> yeah, far far above uh, retribution. Hundred percent. You uh, could say that about any WWE segment, though. Really, uh, truly, camera work. Mm. Indeed, Steven. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, aces and eights. At least there seems to be like some kind of clear storyline. Something something going on here that that just seems cohesive. Right. Um. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's where, still... whereas whereas retribution just kind of looks like uh. You know, it's just uh, chugging along. Yeah, I mean, let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. I'm not passing judgment quite yet. No, you're not? No. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes, indeed. Um, let me see here. Oh, hello. Thank you, pop-up. Oh, I <laughs> thought that was my phone. No, there's a pop-up that came up here. Uh, gotcha. Fun times. Fun times. Thank you, Internet, for ruining the show. Great memories. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Moving right along. More hot takes. You guys really came came with me this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, SummerSlam Beach or Arena asks Everything Pro Wrestling at EPW Show on Twitter. Thank you, Conrad, for your question. Uh, very much appreciated. I hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So Conrad is asking again, SummerSlam at the beach or at an arena? I was hoping for the beach. I'd be down. Yeah, SummerSlam at the beach. Yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah, I think it'd be fun, especially different like se- different like scenery. Yeah, hundred percent, and especially like right now with uh you know COVID, they're not really able to have much of a crowd if at all. Uh, I mean, if you do it, the the only thing is like if you do a normal show on the beach, you have to worry about how you're going to seat everybody, but you don't have to worry about that now. So yeah, take it to the beach. Why not? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the GCW shows uh, they've been doing. That some, they'll do them at a park. Mm-hmm. It, they've done them on, on boardwalks. They've done it in somebody's backyard. Yeah, GCW likes to change things up with how it does its shows. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I would like a different kind of scenery for WWE than maybe just doing it at an arena all the time. Yep. Uh, Conrad also asks, how do you feel about the big E-push? Overall thoughts on um, on some thinking the New Day should break up. Well, the New Day should not break up. No. Um, I think that would be a dumb thing, yes. and most of the members of the New Day have said even so themselves. Um, but uh, because Big E's getting a push doesn't mean you should break up the New Day. No. They didn't do that with Kofi. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I think New Day is bigger than the sum of its parts, honestly. Like, New Day absolutely, like, New Day itself has draw to them like yeah. inherently so i mean and also to your point i mean they didn't do it with kofi why would they do it with Big E? like mm, indeed i don't think we need to worry about that whatsoever right exactly it's changing things up a little bit yeah. that's all yeah it's changing things up yeah, and plus biggie dude biggie's awesome mm. biggie's absolutely great mm-hmm. give him a push mm. indeed uh, Conrad is also asking here, uh, he, he's always bringing the fire as far as food questions goes. Ah. Uh, Conrad is, uh, asking about Jamaican beef patties. Have you had them? And what kind is your favorite? Um. I have not. Yeah, these Jamaican beef patties here, they look almost like, um. Sounds delicious. Th- it, it almost looks like an empanada. It's kind oh, of I like see. a, uh, um, kind of like a, uh. Oh, like a, like a like a pocket, like a like a hot pocket filled with beef. Ah, uh, um, yes, yes. Let's see here. 
kind of like a like a flaky looking crust here. So again, I have not had one. Uh, so what what are the types of Jamaican beef patties that they have? Let me see. I don't know. It's uh, intriguing. It's intriguing for sure. It looks really good. It does look pretty tasty. Um, hmm. 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 I mean, I, I'm not seeing like any kind of varieties of, of, of Jamaican beef patties, but um, it, like from what I can see on the outset of things, it does look pretty delicious. Dude, just look at that picture. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah. I'm getting full looking at it already. Oh my god, the golden crust, mm-hmm. the spicy beef. Mm-hmm. Do we have a Jamaican restaurant in Austin? I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do. We yeah. need to get on that. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so thank you, Conrad, for your question. I'm going to have to hunt down some uh, Jamaican beef patties now. 100%. Hmm. Jamaican me crazy. <laughs> I'm fired now. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. I don't think either of us have the authority to fire the other. <laughs> <laughs> I can fire myself. Oh, fair enough. I'll see myself. Out. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, guess what, Tanner? You're hired. Oh, I now got a job. <laughs> oh, goodness. Thank you, folks, for sticking with us so far. <laughs> it's been a ride. It's been, it's been quite a ride. Uh, Shining Wizards uh, at uh, Wizards Podcast. How's it going, guys? Hello. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Brett versus Owen at WrestleMania 10 is the greatest Mania match of all time. Hmm. Hmm. If I had to put it down to it, I would say it would be either Brett versus Owen or Taker versus Sean on either of those occasions, both of which were great matches. Um, Brett versus Owen at Mini 10. That was a really great match that opened up the show. And it's just very good pro wrestling in general. But Brett versus, uh, but uh, Sean versus Undertaker, that was also very, very good. And then you also have the Stone Cold versus Rock matches to contend with. Mm. Yeah, I would say from a purist standpoint, as far as pure technical wrestling goes and very good uh, just drama building, yeah, uh, Brett versus Owen, fantastic, fantastic match. Um, I, I would certainly give it the full five uh, myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's so close to call with some of the other ones in contention here, particularly Sean versus Undertaker from WrestleMania 25. I would say that would be... That'd probably be the next nearest one to that one. Mm-hmm. I think I figured out what smells like chocolate. I think I think it's that disposable that you have right there. That uh, oh really? Yeah, that old strawberry uh, strawberry cupcake. Strawberry cupcake. I think that's interesting. What's... Yeah, my bad. Got... No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> I was like, where's this chocolate coming from? <laughs> Am I having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going down, Stephen. <laughs> the coffee's done me in. Well, we figured it out. Yeah, there we you go. It out. Mystery solved. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Would you be surprised if I had said that uh, I don't know if I've seen that match, actually? I don't know if I would be surprised uh, of knowing that you haven't seen that match, but I would definitely recommend that you go back What year was that? It would have been WrestleMania 10. Right now, we're at WrestleMania 36 going on to 37. So this would have been 27 years ago. So that match is older than you are. Yes, it is older than than I am. Yeah, Uh, I'm very down to watch it, though. Very down to watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything I've seen from from Brett and Owen Hart. I mean, yeah, 
I'm sure that match is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Probably been from 93 or 94, okay. I would say. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking it out for anybody who hasn't seen Brett versus Owen from WrestleMania 10. It's on WWE Network if you subscribe to the full thing. So, yeah, definitely check that one out, guys. Um, let me see here. So, thank you, Shining Wizards, for your question. Yes, thank you. James from That 90s Wrestling Podcast at 90s Wrestling Pod on Twitter. How's it going, James? Hello. Uh, he says, Sami Zayn is overrated. Ah, what do you think about that? About that, Stephen? Sami Zayn overrated? Um, I don't know. It depends. I, I like Sami Zayn. Uh, uh, especially he's he's kind of like, and I'm not familiar with Sami Zayn before WWE. Uh, I've seen a few things, uh, uh, like clips and a couple matches. Uh, but most of the most of the things that I know about Sami Zayn are are his WWE run. And from what I've seen from that, I would almost attribute it. In, in, and this is going to sound weird, but to like an Orange Cassidy, where like he has a shtick outside of the ring, but then every now and then he just really gets going. And when Sami Zayn really gets going, he's great. He's really, really great. Um, so I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily overrated. It just depends on what kind of hole you're trying to fill with Sami Zayn. You know what I mean? I, I really think, and and may, maybe, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, poo-pooing the hot take by any means here, James. I I, I think that is a very hot take, yes. um, for sure. I, I really feel like Sami Zayn is overlooked as opposed to overrated. Mm-hmm. Sami Zayn mm-hmm. could have so many more great opportunities uh, in the ring, and he really is great um, at the craft. But he, he very rarely does he get the opportunities. And now with COVID and him choosing to stay at home, you know we really don't get to see a whole lot of Sami Zayn. Um, but yeah, yeah. Take that for what it's worth. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you, James, for your hot take. That was particularly spicy. Yes, thank you. Wrestling through life at Random Scott 1990. Uh, Scott is asking, uh, with it being TakeOver 30 next weekend, what is your favorite TakeOver match and TakeOver show? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so my my favorite takeover match hands down is going to be Gargano versus Ciampa from NXT Takeover New Orleans. Mm-hmm. That match is perfection. It is uh, yeah five out of five, absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Like you you how can you go wrong with that match? It's mm-hmm. so good, mm-hmm. so good. Um, yeah, my favorite's uh, definitely from the the Ciampa Gargano like trilogy. Uh, specifically, uh, I believe the street fight uh, from them. I forget which takeover that was, was at, though. I think that was Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Uh, that that's gonna be my favorite of all time, personally. Um, real big, uh, real big shout out to uh, Champa versus uh, Alistair Black. Uh, that was a really, really great match as well. Um, uh, I have so much trouble like attributing matches to shows. I can't mm. remember what show that was. Um, but whichever show that was, very, very good. Which one was it? Uh, the the Alistair Black Champa match. Oh, that would have been Takeover Phoenix. Mm, there you go. Because that one also had uh, Ricochet versus Gargano, which was yes. uh, bonkers. Yes, that was a very very good show too. Um, let's see what else was good. What else was good? Um, well, there was the last beat. That's twice, Steven. I'll see myself out. <laughs> you got one more, okay? <laughs> um, favorite takeover show in general? So there's New Orleans, which is really, really good because it had that ladder match. The six-man, right. the, the inaugural ladder match. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Let me see. That was also when Aleister Black won the title from Andrade, mm-hmm. which was also a good match. Underrated, I would say. Um, There would be TakeOver in New York City, um, which a lot of people really, really like. Like Every match on there could have been five stars because you had the Aleister Black uh, and Ricochet tag team against uh, the, uh, the War Raiders. Uh, you had Pete Dunn versus Walter. You had Matt Riddle versus Velveteen Dream. You had um, the four-way women's match. And then you had Gargano versus Cole, two out of three falls. So that one was really, really good. Um, that one might be my favorite takeover. Portland? NXT TakeOver Portland, a little bit of a dark horse there. I really liked Portland as well. Because mm-hmm. I had Keith Lee and Dijakovic. Mm. That, had, um, so that match was insane. Oh, yeah. And then you had... Um, what was it? Uh, uh, what was that match? It was main evented by Gargano, not Gargano. It was main evented by Ciampa and Cole. I think Gargano versus um, Balor was also on that card, and Pete Dunn versus uh, Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle versus Undisputed Era was also on that card. Mm. Yeah, that also had the street fight with uh, Dakota Kai, and Tegan Knox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first war, uh, the War Games cards are also always very good. This is true. This is I true. I like those two. So, yeah. Uh, just an update here. As we're recording this podcast, we're also watching the Champions League uh, quarterfinals here. Uh, Olympic Lyon of France is uh, currently beating former multi-time English Premier League champions Manchester City 1-0. Mm. Very happy about that. <laughs> Suck a fat one, Man City. Okay. <laughs> um, let me was see. Not here. expecting that. <laughs> yeah, w- w- winner goes to the semis. Um, you know, just uh, their misery brings me so much joy. Fair enough. Schadenfreude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Moving right along, uh, King of Wrestling Podcast at KOWP Show uh, on Twitter. Uh, how's it going? Hello. Uh, ask to uh, ask us to talk about how Cody is stroking his own ego and AEW doesn't know how to use their big men. Uh, I guess this is in reference to Cody putting himself over Lance Archer for the TNT title and um, uh, NXT having trouble figuring out how to use their big men. Uh, they make allusions to um, uh, like how Brody Lee hasn't has kind of gone by the wayside. Lance Archer, Lance to a Archer. Uh, Brian Cage can't beat Moxley. Mm-hmm. Um, yada yada yada. Right, right. Mm. I think it's a very poignant criticism for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will make note of Cody. Uh, Cody winning the title is interesting, and while a lot of people point out how maybe it shouldn't have happened, there I think there is certain circles in the wrestling community that do criticize that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, more than than often, Tony Khan has had to tell guys like Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny that they need to stop losing their matches to people. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a good, this is a step that was necessary here. Right, right. Um, because you got to make stars out of the people who are already well-known and who you're building your company around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've really only heard two opinions uh, of Cody's uh, title run so far, whether it's it's the uh, you know initial uh, beating of Lance Archer to get the title or if it's talking about the, the open challenge that's been on Dynamite these last few weeks. Um, well, 
more than a few weeks, but you know what I mean. Um, there's you either love it or hate it. Like there, there's not a lot of people that are in in the middle ground of it. Um, I, I personally really really like it. Uh, I, I think it's great. Uh, at, at the same point, Lance Archer losing the title so quickly. I mean, yeah, there's certainly a point to be made there. Uh, and then even further in your point, I mean, AEW not knowing how to use big guys. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly make that argument as well. Um, I think they're they're doing well in spite of it, but I will say, I mean, the the handling of Brody Lee has been um, confusing at best. I, I would say, um, I, I don't know. Like, I'm still not, I'm I'm not sold on Brody Lee, and, and I do think that that match with uh, Moxley what was way too soon. It was way too early. Way too early. So so they they've they've basically. They've miscalculated on a f- on few different occasions here, with Lance Archer, with uh, uh, um, Brian Cage. I keep missing his name there, uh, and with Brody Lee. Now I think that, and again, forgive me. I don't hate the guy. Right. I don't hate him at all. But I think that the recruiting of Brody Lee is a miscalculation on their part. Mm-hmm. I think that that it, that. Uh, they really should have thought that one out a little bit more. Right. Um, I think Brody Lee, had he gone to New Japan, would be just as happy and probably more successful uh, doing New Japan and New Japan USA stuff, to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, uh, Lance Archer and Brian Cage did come in and lose far too soon. I think they built up Lance Archer very, very well, but now he's he just seems to be there. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, what's going on, right? Um so we'll see. We'll see what happens with those two. I hope for more from both. True. This is true. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. That being said, let's close out the hot takes again uh, with our friend Mike Charlip at MikeJC821 on Twitter. How's it going, Mike? Hope, hey, Mike. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. Um, Mike, uh, we had already answered one of his hot takes earlier, but let's move on to uh, a couple more that he had brought for us here today. Uh, Mike says, this may be a hot take or not, but Evil absolutely should not be champion longer than October. He isn't a Wrestle Kingdom main eventer, and this is coming from a Bullet Club mark. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Steven? Um, yeah, I, I mean, when when Evil got the those titles off of Naito, I, I mean, it was very confusing and, and very, um, you know, out of left field, um, which you know uh, they were going for. They they were trying to make it that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I kind of agree. Evil's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't necessarily have anything against Evil. Uh, but in terms of like a double champ title run for like a while, I don't think Evil's the guy to to really do that with. You have so many more people on your roster that 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 would go over so much better with. I, I mean, so many people, so many Naito, Ibushi. Uh, I mean, Okada. Uh, Takahashi, Tanahashi. I mean, there's so many more people that would do that title run so much better that I do think it would be to the detriment if uh, Evil holds on to them for, for, yeah, I mean, probably longer than October. Mm, mm. I think that, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't give you too much room uh, to build up a program between the G1 winner and well, I guess it could. I mean, maybe I t- maybe I take that back. You, I mean, you you would have plenty of time between the G one winner and 
whoever would be the new title holder, uh, presumptively Naito or somebody else. Right. Uh, and mm. New Japan has a very, very good memory. So honestly, I think if you want to build a program with Evil with the G1 winner, I'm sure uh, you know Gato will find some way to connect those guys in a very meaningful way. Um, I just think that that's like you're trying really really hard for like a very small payoff i think mm-hmm. i think the alternative too is that you could easily have evil drop the title and have him face somebody like jay white uh you know uh, fingers crossed jay white's able to actually um uh jay white's actually able to uh go to the g1 you know and or, or return to japan in general right right fingers crossed um but uh yeah I mean, you could do something like that, and not and evil wouldn't even have to be champ in order for that to happen, right? Right. Right. You could just do that match. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, yeah, I mean, you could easily drop the title to somebody like Naito, who is ready to wrestle um, in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom for sure. Right. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Um, Mike also asked, and this is the last hot take. I promise y'all. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I lied, and it's not the last take. <laughs> Um, but Mike did also ask, I've probably talked about this before, but it's been bothering me more and more recently. I wish WWE would throw the formulas out the window. I'm tired of, of high spot leading to a commercial um, or, or a rest hold coming back from commercial. And to add to that, uh, something I know I've complained about before in more than one medium, there should never be a rest hold in a street fight or a very personal feud uh, that absolutely doesn't warrant Matt wrestling. Uh, telling the story in the ring is uh, just as, is just as if uh, not more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's uh, there's ways to go about doing things. Mm-hmm. WWE have their formula. Yeah, should they throw the formulas out? Um, in the occasions that it's appropriate, for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely see where Mike's coming from on this one. Yeah, I, I mean, I see where he's coming from for sure, uh, especially as, uh, you know, someone like you and me who who watch it, you know, week in and week out. We, we've watched it for so long uh, and like Mike as well. I mean, we start picking up on on these little subtleties that, that really make the product stagnant for, for people like us. Um, you, you know, I, I'm sure casual viewers, they don't they don't really realize that, you know, a lot of the matches have have very similar structure. The camera work is very consistent in their style. I'm trying to say this in a, in a really uh, like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, fair way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I, I mean, people like us, we pick up on things like that and, and that can easily stagnate the product. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Uh, and then, uh, just one more final one here that you just got in right under the wire. You just put this tweet in right as we were about to close up shop, <laughs> but Craig from pro wrestling musings.com at Craig PW musings. Uh, he, uh, Craig is also asking, uh, is wrestling a real sport or rather could it be hear me out? Gymnastics and synchronized, uh, synchronized diving are couldn't pro wrestling be subjectively score a, uh, a subjectively scored sport too. Uh, well, amateur wrestling is certainly a a, a scored sport. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, in fact, if you go to Triple uh, A, uh, or rather, not even Triple A, but like CMLL, rather, I'm thinking, got my promotions confused. Mm-hmm. CMLL in Mexico uh, traditionally does its matches in a two out of three falls form. Anyway, mm-hmm. so one, you know, if you win both falls, then you win the match. If it goes one one, and then the third, you got a third fall, and so on and so forth. 
Um, so yes, you could go in that direction. CMLL is one of the oldest promotions in the world. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there, there's definitely people who, who have scored it as a real sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting question. Very thought provoking. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly could be, uh, I don't think it necessarily needs to be. Um, but, but there, yeah. there could be that, that option for people, you know, it, it certainly could be, is what yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Well, I mean, is pro wrestling a real sport? I think that, yes, it is very much athletic and has sporting kind of uh, connotations to it here, mm-hmm. but in the form of, uh, of of scripted entertainment to an extent, too. Right. So I hope that answers your question, Craig. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you, obviously, for your questions, and thank you to everybody for submitting in your questions, hot takes, and unpopular opinions this week. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Uh, let's finish out this very long episode of Headlock Talk. I was pounding coffee at the beginning, and now I'm starting to run out of steam here, Stephen. (laughs) Um, But yes, let's close out the show with uh, our favorite segment and yours, If Wishes Were Fishes. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, If Wishes Were Fishes is a game that Steve and I like to play at the end of each episode where we each take turns making a wrestling-related wish, and the other one grades that wish in terms of... Of fish. Yes, indeed. Indeed, Steven. We really need to get some kind of conversion chart like <laughs> put together. It, it's starting to get real hairy <laughs> in, in the in the wish of if wishes were fish's canon. <laughs> mm, hairy fish. Ah. Indeed. Ah. See, there's a new one we could do. <laughs> uh well, Steven, I've got a wrestling related wish. A wrestling related wish. There it is. Do you? I sure do. I sure right. do. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first, sure. Stephen? Yeah, I can go first. Okay. Uh, so we had, you You kind of alluded to this a little bit uh, earlier, uh, but I was already thinking about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. So uh, we were talking about New Japan and, and the whole, you know, double champion thing that's going on right now. Uh, you know, who who is... You know, the leader of Bullet Club, Jay White says something else. Other people say evil. Who knows, right? And then also the double champ. Who Who's going to take those belts off of evil? Where are we going to go from there? Blah, 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 right? Um, and, and I definitely agree with, with Mike's point about uh, evil really not being the guy to be a double champ, it, at least for not too long. I, I think evil being champion has, has served its purpose uh, so far. And, uh, you know, kind of shaking up New Japan. Um, but if Wishes Were Fishes, uh, Naito actually gets those belts back off of Evil. Mm. Uh, and this leads to Jay White finally returning to New Japan and uh, coming back and basically taking his crown back as the leader of Bullet Club. Ah, yes. Yes. Mm, indeed. Uh, a fiery wish here, Stephen. Yes. Very good stuff. Uh, yeah, I like that idea. Uh, obviously, I had mentioned it earlier. In the show. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I really do like that wish, and uh, it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I think, I that's think it does that, too. I think that's some that's a, something that a lot of fans want to see is this match here with uh, uh, Evil and Jay White contesting here for the leader uh, leadership of the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like it. Well, thank uh, you. So just to steal a fish of yours before you can give it back to me, I'm going to give you. Five and a half elegant fire gobies because mm. that's hot mm. fire. Yes. This is a beautiful fish. Mm-hmm. It really is a beautiful fish. Indeed. Well, thank you for the for the four and a half fish. Five, five and a half. Five and a half. Five wow. and a half. Broke the scale. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe. A 
I don't know is, what the scale is. Is there a scale? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Which half of the fish do I get? Hmm. I don't know. Did you know? Th- <laughs> I'm looking at this thing right now. Um, hold on. I got to go back to this. Okay. Oh, hold on. What? <laughs> like, so they've got like Reno 911 on CBS All Access now. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And then they're uh, drawn together. Did you remember that show? I do, yeah. That's also on CBS All Access. Interesting. What an inappropriate show to put on such a family-oriented channel. Very true. But very true. But I'm a big fan of it, so there you go. There you go. (laughs) There's Leo Messi. He's also a loser. He got knocked out (laughs) of the Champions League. He's also a loser. (laughs) Just kidding. Messi fans, he... He's not a loser. Oh, man. I don't like him just as much as I don't like Ronaldo, to be honest. Oh, there we uh, go. Anyway, <laughs> my wish this week, because I'm obviously scatterbrained all over the place. It's okay. Um, also involves moving things all over the place. You see, the NXT Tag Division has been suffering quite a bit, even though we have our champions, uh, Imperium, uh, in the division, and they're doing quite well. I like them as champs. Um, they need some proper challengers because I can't I can't just have undisputed era challenging for the titles every time they lose them. Right, right. right. It just gets a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we need that. I mean, they're they are very very good, yeah. but mm. but but they but they can't be champions all the time. Right, but, right. Um, now there is a certain tag team that has gone um a little bit off the radar on Raw it seems and. Uh, you know, maybe it's time that they make a little bit of a comeback, I think, Stephen. Uh, so, if wishes were fishes, we bring back Ricochet and Cedric Alexander to NXT and have them as viable contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championships and really help build the prestige back to that brand. Mm. That mm. is my wish, if wishes were fishes. Very simple this week, very straightforward. I'm not giving you a whole lot of story. It kind of just writes itself. See, it's a simple wish, but but it's it's really really great for two reasons. Uh, you know, provides a, another really really great tag team in NXT, but also it brings Ricochet back to NXT, and, and th- those two points right there make it a fantastic fantastic wish. Uh, so I'm going to give you four killer whales for huh. that. Yes. That's a killer, killer fish. Killer, killer fish for a killer wish. It's also a whale of a wish. Ah. So, yeah. Mm. Indeed, Steven. Yeah. I think I, we both had great wishes this week. Mutual respect here, man. I think so. Mutual, Mutual respect. respect. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> well, this has been yet another episode of Headlock Talk. Uh, I've had a lot of fun. Steven's had a lot of fun. We've talked about a lot of stuff. This is true. So I hope you've hung in Tanner there with us. A lot of coffee. I've, I've had so much coffee. <laughs> I'm about to have more because we, we got to do two more recordings here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, but it will be a fun time yes. had by all. Um, that being said, um, what I am going to need after today's done with these uh, series of recordings is some high-quality premium CBD and you know where you can always get your CBD from? NaturallyHemps.com, as they have the finest assortment of CBD gummies, sublinguals, uh, tinctures, lotions, balms, and more. Mm-hmm. Um, I use CBD uh, for like sleep aid and for post-workout recovery. I know you use it for sleep aid as well, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used it for headaches. It's really great stuff. And yeah, I've actually started using this yeah. uh, this new product that they have Ooh. Uh, that has a little bit of CBN 
in it, ah. uh, which I wasn't familiar with CBN, but apparently CBN is really good for regulating your sleep cycle. Um, and mm. so I was normally just using like straight up CBD, uh, just to, you know, just top myself off before I go to bed, just get a little bit more help with, uh, falling and staying asleep. Uh, but that CBN tincture, man, it, it's, uh, it's the truth. Wow. It's the truth. Yeah. I'm usually, I'm usually like rolling around in bed for maybe about an hour, maybe a half hour and a half, uh, before I actually will fall asleep. If I, uh, if I have some of that tincture, it's like. 20 minutes mm, it's in, really nice indeed yeah indeed uh yeah no uh so naturally hemp's as high quality cbd make sure to visit naturallyhemp's.com for all of your cbd needs and enter in promo code hlt10 at checkout unlike the promo code that comes up at the top of your screen when you first go to naturallyhemp's.com this one never expires. The first one that you get is always just a promotional one for your first time visit. That's cool and all, mm-hmm. but if you use promo code HLT10 each and every time you visit naturallyhemps.com, you do get 10% off on your purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So make sure to use that promo code every time you make a purchase from naturallyhemps.com for all of your CBD needs. Yes, indeed. Uh, in addition to that, you can also visit their sister website, naturallypuresanitizer.com, for all your hand sanitizer needs, which is vitally important nowadays with uh, with COVID. So do your part and help spread the stop, uh, uh, help stop the spread rather of COVID yes. by going to naturallypuresanitizer.com and using promo code HLT10 for all of your hand sanitizer needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to keep those hands clean, folks. This is true. In addition to that, if you are a vapor and in need of some e-liquid, you can visit uh, AmericanVaporCompany.com and use promo code HLT10 there as well for uh, all of your vaping needs. Uh, They've got a wide variety of flavors ranging from menthol, tobacco, fruit flavors, as well as even some uh, candy and cereal flavors. So those are fantastic. Steven just dropped some knowledge on me here. Uh, so what we'll do here, because it looks like we've got some promotional product that we need to give away. Uh, so what we'll do here this week is there will be a, uh, I guess, a promotional sweepstakes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, a giveaway. Uh, what we'll be doing here is we'll be uh, selecting two winners. Uh, so all you have to do is go to this episode and uh, uh, like and retweet the episode, as well as follow us on Headlock Talk on Twitter. If you like and retweet the episode, there will be two winners selected, uh, as long as you like and retweet both. Uh, so two winners will get each a face mask, a bottle of a CBD gummies, and what else, Steven? Uh, so we have 30 count bottle of a, uh, we have a strawberry flavor, and then I believe we have an orange flavor. Uh, so that's 30 count bottles of Naturally Hems gummies. And we also have a seven count uh, little sampler baggie of uh, Naturally Hems gummies. So those actually include all of the flavors that Naturally Hems uh, provides. So you'll have one full bottle uh, of a flavor and then uh, one seven count to sample all of mm-hmm. the other flavors that they have as well. Mm-hmm. And then you also get your choice of face mask in addition to that as well. Correct. Uh, so we'll be selecting two winners. You gotta uh, go to our pin tweet for this episode, which will be on our front page uh, day of its launch. Like and retweet it. You'll have all week to do so. But you need to like and retweet our episode and follow us on Headlock Talk. So spread the word about this. We'll be giving away uh, a CBD samples as well as uh, a face mask uh, for all of your, uh, I guess, uh, outdoor public, uh, you know, whatever the heck. You yes, know, indeed. Uh, you know, <laughs> going into stores and stuff. Yeah, all of the whatever the heck. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yes, make sure to like and retweet this episode for all of that. But, yes, uh, nat- uh, what was it? American Vapor 
Company.com mm-hmm. for all of your uh, vaping needs. Uh, use promo code HLT10 at checkout there, too. Yes, indeed. Um, beyond that here, Stephen, uh, yeah, just uh, follow us on Twitter at Headlock Talk, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we did with the promo code earlier. And make sure that you subscribe to this podcast and give us five-star rating whenever available. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and all the other goodness. Yes, indeed. So make sure to give us a subscribe here today. We'll have... Um, uh, the Tanner and Steven Variety Show on Wednesdays, as well as the Rogan Ranger Gamecast on Friday uh, for your gaming needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanner and Steven Variety Show, of course, uh, is going to be full of all sorts of news and nonsense this week. Yes. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, besides that, Steven, can you think of anything else? I think that's everything, man. Yeah. I think that's right. everything. Well, good stuff, man. Well, thank you guys again for tuning into this very long episode of Headlock Talk. We'll be back again next week. And make sure to tune in again to the Tanner and Stephen Variety Show on Wednesday for another hour of us talking about ridiculous stuff. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Thank you guys again. I am, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. Uh, and again, uh, my co-host, the wonderful, the one and the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Yeah, thank you for listening, guys. Thank you, guys. And have yourselves a great rest of your day. Later, y'all. Bye-bye. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.